exactly every one of the top 40 records being played on every radio station in the United States is a communication to the children to take a trip, to cop out, to groove. The psychedelic check on the top 40 is a communication to the children to take a trip. We don't want you to smoke genetic modified We want you to smoke the real thing. Want you to smoke the some call it sensitive, some call it unfair, and some people call it modified. You want to respond to the world, want to respond to the world, but some call it Whoa. Whoa, whoa. That was, was that triple? That was Was that a triple? That was the remix. That was the triple ending remix? Jesus Christ. I was like, oh my god, this is never gonna end. That was good. Welcome to another edition of the Adam Dunn Show. I am your host, Adam Dunn, and I am gonna have a full studio here on this first Friday here in Denver. Um well, luckily it didn't start off too crazy. We didn't have everybody in here at once just like down on top of us. We got Ron Siegel, Rod Siegel here in the studio and Obviously, it's not like his name is popping up in everybody's head like, what? But some of the work that he's done over the years will, especially if you've been here in Colorado. Uh, we became uh, connected in the, in the world years ago, I think 1998, with, indirectly. And uh, he's been shepherding, shepherding the, uh, the sage here in, in Colorado and representing it in a really great way. It's one of those things when you come to a town and you see your own work, like being, you know, really sought after and also you know highly acclaimed then i'm always happy it's like at least somebody good knew what they were doing because that's half the battle you can give your genetics to somebody and they can just wipe them off and give you give you a really bad example or you can you know do the opposite where you're like man I, they just do better than i do so so we got uh rod in the studio we got also coming in will he's on his way right now will is another old friend of mine from about 25 years ago that i totally you know went way off my radar and He's a friend of a friend, and, you know, we just kind of mutually met in Amsterdam back in 94, I guess it was, or yeah, I don't even know. I have to figure it out. 93, 94 is a long time ago. No, I was actually, it might even been 92. I don't know. It's a long time ago. Anyway, he was there, and this is the reason why this is called the bubblegum episode, is because he was actually with me the moment that I figured out that someone broke into my place. So that story that I've told on the show a bunch of times and has been, you know, people have told me it's bullshit over the years, and he's like, he just said, you know... If you need me to come in there and tell everybody what really happened, I'm like, sure, let's do it. Because quite honestly, I don't even remember anybody being with me. Because when you have a, a moment like that where you just like lose something, like lose everything or, you know, fires or whatever, you kind of forget what really happened around yeah. you because you just kind of like go into a tunnel, right? So I literally, he was like, yeah, I was there. And he started, he, he started to explain what happened. And I'm like, dude, you got to come on the show and do this because like I'd rather hear it fresh than go over all the details. But he was... He remembered a lot of details, but the uh, the best part about the whole thing, and the reason why that it was supposed to be called the can- the Bubblegum Reunion Show, which somehow slipped KTI and it just became the Bubblegum Show. But the reason it's the Reunion Show is because he still has the original cut. It says Reunion on there. Huh? It says Reunion. It says what? It says Reunion. It does? Oh, sorry. Did it say it on the original thing? Uh, yeah, Not on the description. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know. I don't know. That, there I, it does. I, I no, no, no. There it does. I'm talking about you know? in the. I'm, I'm talking about in the actual descriptions on YouTube and stuff that you threw up. Anyway, Will is bringing up a beautiful specimen of bubblegum for me. So this is a 
huge in my in my world is a huge thing. It's twenty five years, and it's funny because it's the twenty fifth anniversary. So that's why I was tripping out. I was like, "Holy shit!" It's one month into my twenty fifth anniversary, and someone's just rolling up and going, "You know, here's here's your original bubblegum." Because I haven't even had that for since two thousand five. Not not even seen it since two thousand five. And before that, uh, you know, it was also like at that point in time. I, I had like given it to somebody. I gave it to my friend Mo actually, and then I was like, "Oh, he's got it though." And I went over to the house, and it was just like a crispy dead plant in the back of the place. I was like, "Oh no!" And that was it. I was like, "That was the moment." I thought I'd never ever see it because I really didn't give it to a lot of people because we had so much turmoil in the, in the beginning. And on top of that, let's see. So that's that's coming any minute. I'm like, I keep having this moment in my. I kept this thing, this vision in my head. I told KTI that I wanted to film it, but we didn't have time. But like, you know, kind of sound of music situation. Where we're like running across the field to each other, like the bubble gum. Yeah. You know, like, oh, then roll it. Oh, crap, that's kind of how I feel. It's really. I've seen a lot of knockoffs out here that weren't as good. Oh yeah, I, I mean, had the real one at one point. And it's one of those things where, you know, um, it's. Like, some people, like, J.J. gets all bent out of shape because everyone's using a star dog, you know? And I'm just like, mm-hmm. dude, look at how many people have used bubblegum. I mean, look how many companies are calling. You know, I don't even, don't even bother. It's just like, whatever. So there's so much that's probably one of the most fraudulent things out there. And even within, and that's the hardest part for me, was that when I found people who had it, I, I, a lot of times they didn't know if it was from Sirius Seeds or from me. And if it was from either one of us, it's it's, it's part the same because i gave him the clone but he went in a completely different direction so you know but this is the real deal the real deal was the real deal really large nuggets or really small nuggets? medium nuggets it was like it wasn't the biggest because literally there was a number one through the number seven and they went by size because i kind of regrouped them after i went through everything like so i had a bunch of seeds went in and instead of having like i got the four eleven eight and twelve you know i mean it gets all it was just like now rename them now because now they're they're they've been sort of selected pre there was in the pre-selection phase i would say and had seven like completely unique like they were, they were closely related on flavor, except for the very top end. When they got bigger, they kind of, they weren't really. They, those were the keepers, you know. They were like the best for photos, you know what I mean? I had like, a, oh my god, it's the biggest thing ever. But the, you know, the flavor wasn't there. And then the, the smallest ones, you know, again had their own issues. And so luckily, out of all of them, I ended up with the number three. So I was like, well, I couldn't, couldn't really get much better. Maybe the four might have been already getting to the point where it was blowing out a little bit too much. Um, so anyway, we're going to talk about that when he gets here. And then we're also going to have Gene calling in from Portugal. So anybody who knows me from back in the day or has been in Amsterdam in the years, they know Gene. Gene is like a character and a half. He worked for Soma. He worked for Sirius Seeds. He uh, was a mushroom grower when he first moved over there. He worked for Tony from Saga Mother Seeds. So, I mean, he's pretty much, uh, you know, he's one of those guys who was moving, shaking in Amsterdam. But he ended up, uh, well, we'll talk to him. We'll find out. But he ended up... Uh, with a beard down below his knees and, uh, you know, like, the wi- he was a true wizard, like, ah, you know, <laughs> and uh, the stories that we can talk about. I don't know. We'll see. We'll have to talk to him direct because I've got, I've got plenty in my arsenal. <laughs> I've got some serious ones, but I'm like, we'll just see how that rolls out. And then we also might have Victor calling in. And Victor is the guy who gave me the bubblegum seeds to begin with, and He's going to talk, hopefully he's going to call in, because I don't know, he's got two kids and he's doing a million things, but uh, he was in shock, because when I told him about the Silver Mini, that like, you know, he get like, because he, he had uh, he had cancer, and so he's, he's about 10 years older than me, so he's kind of got these like 
memory fragments that are just kind of there, you know what I mean? And so I said, oh, yeah, Silver Mini. And he was like, uh, I haven't thought of that car in fucking 30 years almost. You know, so he was just like, ding, ding, ding. And I was like, okay, now, he, now he's interested. So should be cool. And then, if that's not enough, some, some weeks we have nobody, right? Some weeks we're just like, oh, yeah. got this nothing. one's packed. <laughs> I got nothing. Um, Hazel from Emerald Cups in town. She just rolled in. And Kristen Nevidal from go. the International oh. Cannabis Farmers Association. Man, how'd you remember all that? Oh, yeah, you better go back. Up take there. a break now. Take a break. Nope. <laughs> so they're in town. Hopefully they're going to roll in for like the last hour. And if you're in Denver, then after that, about an hour after that, we'll have, uh, well, whatever. We'll roll right into that here at the So High at the Rooftop, uh, So High at the Metlo, basically on the rooftop. Um, Willie Waldman, unfortunately, we just found out recently, or very recently, that his mother is pretty much on her like final moments there. As he was on his way to the airport, he got a call from the hospice saying, she's having problems breathing, you should get over here. And it was like, whoa. So condolences yeah. there. And hopefully, uh, you know, I mean, he, he didn't seem like it was, you know, too un, it wasn't unfathomable or anything. So hopefully it's not a seriously... No you know, long drawn out thing and we'll see him at the next round. But we are having Wheezy and crew coming through, so party continues. The party keeps going. Good chunk. Good chunk. <laughs> so uh that was a long intro. MTI. Hi. How's your how's your week? You can yellow you can you can walk over here too. You guys you know what to do. How's your week? Uh, it was good. It's any sports or some stupid shit like no, that? No, no, no sports this week. <laughs> I All guess I'm good. getting ready for uh, the big game tomorrow. I don't want to uh, say the another the word. Game? Yeah. What's up? Tom- oh yeah, tomorrow. No, tomorrow's. Not. Oh, Sunday. So I was Sorry. like, wait a minute. Is there another game going I on? I had the day off of work, so I'm already on Saturday. Oh yeah. yeah. See, this is funny. This is like I'm going like I was like, yeah, I'm going down to mom's and go to work. I'm like, oh yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's about as that's the depth of my uh, caring. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So uh, okay, so you're basically face painted up and like yeah, eating was, hot dogs. You'll be eating hot dogs and making. The, yeah, I, I was know. Ready for Willie and I wanted to see him uh, play some trumpet. I brought my bass just in case. The bass in case. <laughs> I got my bass in case. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you never know. That the band is the band is good though. Oh yeah. We don't no. have the band. I mean, that, he has a tight crew every time. So for sure. And uh, like I was saying already, I was like, well, you know. Uh, Willie can get a little out of control. Willie's one of the, he is the show. That's, that is the sad part because he's definitely one of those guys where it's just a rolling, uh, a rolling episode there. Actually, your cuz knows him pretty well. Yeah, too, he knows so, him. Uh, so, you, so then you understand right? <laughs> exactly I what do. I'm talking about. All right. Well, let's, uh, and then KTI, we know what you did yesterday. What'd you do the rest of the week? Indo Expo. Oh, yeah. It was, oh, yeah. What, let's, oh, and, um, before we forget, we might, we should, um, dedicate this show and probably the, the all of our existence in this cannabis uh, realm as we are right now, especially in the legal world, to uh, our fallen soldier there, Dennis Perone, who passed away last week, I think the day before the show, right? Or it's like right on the day of, like, wasn't it on Friday or something like that? I think of last week. It's about a week ago. Uh, and uh, like I said, that guy uh, paved the way in California for Prop 215. He was, you know, a cannabis warrior from... Day one, and uh, you know we're going to be it's going to be missed by a lot of people, uh, and it's it's crazy too because as he passes, it's almost like when the whole industry is kind of 
getting ugly all just, of a sudden. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's not the pretty. It's like weird everywhere. Tension and yep. profit margins are going to the nowhere, and people are feeling the crunch, and it's just weird. It's like my mom told me yesterday. She's like, I told you five years. Five years ago, I told you five years, and look what happened. I'm like, yeah, well, well, you know. You think I know nothing. I'm like, no, I didn't say you know nothing, but yeah, you nailed it. Same as uh, same as uh, uh, our buddy Mitch. He also nailed it. Yeah. His $500 pound is becoming real. Maybe not here yet. It's 800 bucks a pound here in Colorado, but those 500s are definitely, especially in outdoor weed, 100% they're there. But uh, indoor weed, you know, 800 bucks a pound, 900 bucks a pound, that's kind of where it's sitting right now. And in fucking Oregon, it's like ridiculous, right? People were paying, like there's some $50 pounds out there. There's $100 pounds all day. Very and cheap. then there's $50 pounds if you really want to search. Now, those must be really booty. but, but I'd rather keep the pound than, than 50 bucks. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, I mean, these guys are just can't help it. They're sitting on last year's crop, and they don't know what to do with it, and they're just kind of like, oh, my God. And it's just uh, it's pretty, pretty crazy because it's like this just shows you how quickly they could have imploded our entire industry if they just legalized it in, like, 10 years ago or 15 years ago. It's just like it only took us – you know, literally for, we've been in, we, we were, you know, about what, six years now or something like that, you know, four, four, five years or whatever. And Callie just flipped last week and all of a sudden it's like in the bottoms just dropped out of it. And all these people are investing, you know, multi-millions and they're all tracing the bottom of the barrel. And it's, I don't know. So anyway, Dennis definitely bailed out at the right time to not see this whole thing go ugly because it's kind of getting ugly. It is. See, he agrees. <laughs> he agrees, and he's been in it for a while, right? Quite a while. So let's start. Let's start with Mister Mister Siegel on on a little background of uh, you know. I think we we, we discussed earlier we're about the same age, so um, probably started getting dabbling in this thing similar times. I mean, I was sixteen, not serious by any means, but that was when I was like, oh, you can grow this stuff, you know, and that was probably I'm sure in your mind at that time or maybe it, it was in my with? mind but as i was getting out of college i had a dream of working in the sports world and i oh. kind of got lucky i got a, if you can if you believe in luck i got an internship with the miami heat so i became a serious business person for about eight to ten years there and moved up well in that organization for a while and uh, but really, those guys love weed, though, too. So you're probably the well, whole time like, the, damn, I the, should be having all the weed. I should be the weed man. You're going to be the NBA weed man. That's always yeah, the way to go. I, <laughs> the players, I, I'm not going to say anything. Oh, I mean, you don't have to because we know that they're all big, heavy smokers. I mean, now it's pretty well known that they don't even test. And if they do test, they're like, hey, we're going to test you in like six weeks. You might want to like, you know, hey, slow down a little bit, you know. <laughs> so, I mean... And it's going to be the same in football soon. It's going to be the same in pretty much all the sports at a certain point because they're realizing, like, all right, you know, we're either going to have to quit the sport entirely because these guys are all going to end up with, you know, concussions and problems and they're going to end up getting sued from every, you know, 10-year-ago player that realizes that they're they're done, you know what I mean? Which With all the burnt bridges out here, I could say I left that place on good terms. Uh Because everybody out here seems to burn bridges in business relationships, it seems to me, with this stuff. This stuff. (laughs) Well, you know, the thing is, uh, as I was growing up, I always realized that, you know, like, cannabis does attract fucking some unsavory types, and that's just the way it is. But it also is weird because it's one of those, like, the mixture of the two is pretty ironic. And that's why this industry... You know, a lot of people get chewed and chewed up and spat out along the way because 
they come along like you and me and we're all like, oh, you know, we love weed and we really got good intentions and we're trying to do the right thing and we don't want to cut corners and all those, all those things that make a good grower. And that's not exactly not how they think. They're like, what's the first thing we can cut out? And then usually the problem is it's the grower that they cut out in the long run. Let's see who we got. Who we got? Welcome to the Adam Dunn Show. Who we got there? Adam. Is that Gene? It's Will. Oh, it's What's w- the sweet number, brother? Oh, it is uh, 409. 409. Oh, I see you. I'll be right up. <laughs> there we go. That's our other guest. All right. Nice one. I was like, who be calling us early? And, <laughs> you know, you get direct to the end. You know, definitely not going to be ringing in the background at that point. Um, so, yeah, Will's here with the bubble gum. This is the reunion. This is me running across the field. Oh, my God. There she is. Um, That's how I felt when I first got the cough cut way back when. And now, okay, so so let's 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 start our timeline. So when did you get like? Did you order seeds from Europe, or did you just like collect some good seeds, or kind of start them on when your own? When I first moved out here, I had been collecting seeds for a long time, and the last six months before I moved here, I went to every person I possibly know and asked them if they had a seed stash. So I came out here and started a ton of seeds. Most of them, some of them were bag seeds. Some of them were picked up on Grateful Dead tour in different states. Mm-hmm. All kinds of stories. And I, I came out with some great stuff um, out of a bubbleberry mango um, that was bred in Gainesville, I think. I got a grape strain, a really good mango strain, which was now, famous. Now, do you know what year that one was? That was about 99-2000. So, I mean, it would probably most likely be a bubbleberry from Tony, since Tony's a deadhead, too. The bubbleberry that came from Gainesville at that time was the only bubbleberry I've ever liked, and it was really fantastic. They had also a super skunk that was fantastic. I haven't had a super skunk like that. So I got out here and... Um, isn't, some, it, isn't it weird how Florida is just such a... It's really weird. There's like, that's like the Bermuda Triangle of, of cannabis when it comes to literally... I mean, that's why the Triangle and all those things got their name. In a sense, because it, it is like that. It's like, oh, Gainesville, yeah, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, like that. I have an opinion about Florida is that, especially in Miami, people want what gives them a bang. There's a lot of stuff down there that has a mildew taste to it. You know, just it's not necessarily live spores. It's just the smell of mildew in general with the moisture there mm-hmm. that just gets into the wet growing pot, you know, the, the resin and stuff. So a lot of the stuff down there, you kind of get used to it or don't notice it if you haven't been down there. It's really mildewy. But everything in Miami, people want something strong. When I was down there, people want something that's going to really hit them. They don't care as much about a fruity taste or something that's exotic. They want, you know, old school northern lights. And down there, if you smell weed and it smells like haze, you know that you've got, you know, you're, you got something that's going to hit you hard down there. There he is. There it is. So I think a lot of the stuff that made it out of South Florida and then got grown well somewhere else turned out to be some of the strongest stuff. Uh-huh. Welcome to the show, Mr. Mr. Will. <laughs> How you guys doing? We're doing good. We're doing good. This is Rod, Rod Will. So uh, Good to meet you. Good before, to meet you. I, before I ran into you at the show, I had, these, I had him and his cousin on, uh, on schedule for coming in because it was, I think I told you at the time that they were uh, uh, you know, kind of growing sage here for a long time, since right. 2001 or so, and... Uh, kind of put out a really good cut and has been just maintaining itself with different camps and stuff and 
you know, he was going to come on the show. We were going to talk about genetics and stuff. And then I ran into you, and I was like, wow. You, you got to strike while the iron's hot on a situation like that. You don't want to be like, oh, actually, you know, what happened was. And you're like, no, because we've all seen that over the years, too, where it's like uh, you uh, you have the, the one that got away. You know what I mean? Like What you said before, a lot of people grew sage really poorly out here for a while and gave it a bad name. And speaking of the bubble gum, because the sage was so good, I was very tempted a few times to get your bubble gum just based on how good the sage came out from TH Seeds. Well, you don't have to, you don't have to uh, stroke me on that one, but it was like, those are, I mean, these are the cornerstones of my, of everything we did in, as far as in, uh, in THCs was, I mean, bubble gums where it all started, literally. Um, we'll get into that story. If you need water or anything like that, we got you. I think there's one here that's not open yet. Thank you. Um, but in general, the sage was like, uh, because my, because my, oh, this might be Gene already. You just talked to Gene or what? Uh, it might be. W- welcome to the Adam Dunn Show. Who we got? Yeah. <laughs> is this Vic? Yeah. Oh my God. Okay, so you're gonna get railroaded a little bit, but it's okay. We're gonna keep going back and forth. Okay, so I just got Will in the studio. What's up, Vic? Yeah. And I got. Yeah, I, 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 I'm still having a hard time believing it. <laughs> <laughs> and he brought it. When yeah. this guy said silver mini, like, I was like, when you said that, like, silver mini, I said, what? Yeah, I just explained that it was a, uh, it was definitely what what um, triggered was the trigger in your in your brain there. So okay, so for all the listeners there, this is Victor on the line, uh, owner of uh, Gray, uh, the guy who started Gray Area in Amsterdam, which is one of the most famous coffee shops over there still to this day. Oh, he brought some pictures. I was thinking that maybe you might have some photos of the old days. So Will's got an old picture from back in the day. Oh, the original bubblegum from Andre Grossman pictures when he was taking those photos. Or the seed company with Tony. Yeah, yeah. And a Cerebral Seed. Uh, remember Cerebral Seeds, right, Vic? I remember CIA KGB. Right. <laughs> Vic? You're the one who remembers everything. Well, Cerebral, yeah. Cerebral's, uh, cerebral's something that you probably wouldn't remember because, uh, yeah, <laughs> brain activity, no, but basically <laughs> Cerebral Seeds was, remember Tony was going to do his thing on the side in the beginning before, this was like right before he came up with Saga Mother. This was like the in-betweener. And this was when Gene was oh, involved, no. when Gene was there. Yeah, it was G- yeah. G- the Serious Seeds started out like me, Gene, Tony, and Simon. And then Tony and Gene had it out, and then I left, and then... Then what? Cerebral was Tony's next thing. Um, that was his first thing. That was actually before that. He just kind of like, but it never worked out. It was one of those things where they kind of they did it, and then at one point we. Uh, see, I, I even had the the what I did was I took the picture from this thing, which has like a brain, and I I popped ten holes in it, and I was like, you got to put the little seeds and little holes in the brain there, you know what I mean? And he was like, ah, oh, but then it was like, how am I going to get it made? And then you know, just fizzled. It was another one that fizzled on the vine all, along the way, but. Yeah, these are cool. And this is when Andre Grossman was taking photos, right? So, yeah. um, got, oh, I remember that. Yeah. So he's got the pictures of the bubble gum. And he's got a little uh, hole right at the top. Oh, oh, looks like we got Gene coming in on the line too, Vic. Gene. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> greasy Gene. Yes. Yep. Hey, yo, is that Greasy Gene? Gino. What was that? There he is. <laughs> I said, is that Greasy yeah. Gene? That's what Vic was like, what, Gene? Like, Greasy greasy Gene? I'm like, yep, there he is. <laughs> Welcome to the that show, is Gene. That's it. I got, I got Vic on the line. Thanks I got for having me on. Of course. I got Vic on the line, and I got Will in the studio, and I got uh, my other friend here, Rod, in the studio. 
Uh, and I got another couple people. So, how you been out? You in Portugal or what? I'm in Portugal. I'm in the sun. I'm lucky you. Uh, so, how are you gonna play your own What's that, Vic? Yeah. What'd you say? No, I was talking to my son. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Victor. So. How are you, Victor? He, he, you make it, I still get you make the best hamburgers ever. And the only one good right now. <laughs> so. Those were good times for sure. So, so Gene, Gene was, uh, no, this is interesting because uh, along the way, Gene managed to be in par- a part of like, what, three, three seed companies total, I guess, yeah. and kind of probably another one or two things along the way, but definitely those uh, Sagar Mother Seeds uh, with Tony from, uh, with a little bit, and then and also, Simon. and we, he just brought a card from Cerebral Seeds, so we flashed back from the, flash from the past, that was a kind of half ass seed company that never yeah. really made it. And got the warehouse. <laughs> and then Simon with Serious well, Seeds. Cerebral Seeds, is, Cerebral yeah. Seeds is actually what sort of evolved into Sagamatha exactly. and Serious, right? That yep. that was really when we were all together as uh-huh. one. And yep. then it uh, busted apart and uh, Tony went on his way and Simon went on his way and... Um, we well, I was in that building that me and Victor built that room in. Remember building that room, Victor? And then, oh, and then yeah, Bucky came and helped me build the other part of the room. Yeah, and then we because, kept the warehouse. Because you got, because you got deported, remember? <laughs> yeah. Because the mini, remember? One day you were the there, <laughs> and then you were gone. But then he came yeah. back. But then he came back. That was the funniest part of that part. Yes, he did. Um, he did. He did. He did. And the reason, and, and the reason that Victor got kicked out was because he was washing his Mini Cooper, the same one that we were talking about, the silver one, and it was like had an extension cord running across the street going to the yeah, shop. Yeah, that was a different time. Oh, that was a different the time. The got, the, for not having insurance, <laughs> he got arrested right, for not having pop, insurance. Pop on a bicycle with shorts, and I didn't think he was a real son. Yeah, I thought he was just like a security guard. And he was telling me to move it off the, toward the bridge there, you know? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, he kind of like grabbed me. I picked him up and put him over the hood of the car. And he started <laughs> blowing his whistle. And then they found out that years before, I had been stopped for driving without insurance. And they had given me a slip to turn in when I left the country. Mm-hmm. And I had left the car. I just forgot to turn the paper in. So it came up and looked like I was in the country for four years or something. Right. And they threw me in the, in the car. You know, we got final charges, but he dropped those because it wasn't really anything. And, uh, so, yeah, and they just threw me in a cell and deported me. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, I mean, that was, and that was uh, when you already had the gray area for a couple, for about a year and a half at that point or something like that, right? Yeah, I think we were all yeah, just crashing yeah, in the gray area, have... but it wasn't open yet. Okay, so it was still in the beginning of it. So, um, so Gene, when did you go to, when did you move to Portugal officially? Um, June the 10th, um, 2015, I bought my apartment here. So I guess that's when you would so, say the official was. So from the Vondel Park to your own apartment, that's a good, that's a good move. That was a good, that was a good upgrade, right? Or you're out of the park at that point. Uh, <laughs> I remember that was at one point. I was I'm like, a- damn, Gene's living in Vondel Park? All right, now we're getting crazy. So... I- I didn't live in Vondel Park. I lived in the um, 
Amstel Woods. Oh, that's even right? better. Yeah, the, the, Amstel, uh, yeah, that's and a the good, boss. Yeah, the boss. Okay, that's good. And At least boss. you were the woodsman. Oh, that's true. That's even better. That's, that's, yeah, the Vondel Park would have been a little bit much. Probably getting, getting robbed there. <laughs> Vondel Park would have been really tricky, you know. I mean, you would have police all over you, right? I mean, how far would you get? I mean, it, uh, uh, but I roughed it. I mean, I'm, uh, uh, you know, I'm a bit of a country boy, right? Country boy knows how to survive. And uh, so uh, going rough style, you know, Indian style in a tent, I mean, it ain't so easy there because it's, you know, the weather, but uh, it's not undoable. I mean, it's not as, I mean, it'd be what? definitely much worse in Colorado, right? Like trying to survive in the Rockies and the colder parts of there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I why everybody's in Denver because it's America. not that bad. So. It's nicer. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You know, so, uh, well, you're funny, Gene. Uh, is that actually, Gene? Uh, I used to. Do you remember where the herb garden was in the in the Amsterdam Boss? There was a herb, like a, yeah. like a organic. Yeah. So, in that that was the spot that I used to take my males to, and uh, leave them out there because I didn't want to kill them. You know, I was all like, no, I can't kill it. I'll bring them out there and I'll just leave them out there. And then it was funny because I came out a couple times and they had like cut all the fucking everything. They cut all the grass down and then say it must have seen the plant and they just did like a little loop around the plant and left it there. I was like, good job. It was all male. It was just a male, but it didn't matter. But it was my little thing to go out there and visit my males. I'd be like, oh, they're doing good, you know. (laughs) Cool, in the rose garden, yeah. It wasn't in the rose garden. It was an herb garden. It was a kind of an overgrown wild herb garden. It had a little like uh, place where you could sit. You could sit up high and look down on all the herbs. You know, so I was like, oh, this is this is a good spot. Um, and you also worked with Soma too. There's another one. So you you, you did it. You did it all over there, right? Yeah. So somehow you managed to to, to uh, touch touch at least half the major seed companies over there. And uh, and one of the things I always find funny is that you were definitely in. On that whole AK-47 discussion, which I wasn't agreeing on at all back in the day, and I remember that whole turning into like, like the most famous strain ever, and I was all, I guess I was wrong on that one, but I was totally against it. I remember I was like, yeah. this is a bad name. No, bad I know name, bad name. I remember that. <laughs> I thought it was you, a bad name when what? I first heard it. I, I know the story. Victor, go, go, Vic. <laughs> I know the story. The story was we built the upstairs room and we were doing a whole bunch. Somebody came in. And wanted like a whole bunch of seeds, you know what I mean? Like a big thing. Now I had on that big upstairs room that we built over there. Over the CIA, um, you're talking about in the CIA room? Yeah, 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 yeah big course. one I built up in the back up there. Right. Like, we had like all different sections. Well, I had done one. I was just messing with a whole bunch of the quickest stuff. We had one we were calling closet clean. Yeah. And then I got like from uh, Sensi, I had the like the early pearl and quick silver. Like I just did a section of like I was trying to just go trying to find the fastest stuff. Right, so I think actually Tony came in and Tony had somebody who wanted to buy a whole bunch of seeds, you know, like uh-huh. a big load. And so I, I said, well, I got this stuff came down. I said, you know, they're like, what are you? I said, I don't know. It's in this, you know, it's uh, I had early Paul Quicksilver and everything. I said, but like, all I remember is I took everything down in forty-seven days. Mm-hmm. Right, is that about the calendar? So it was either you or Tony or somebody said AK-4. You, I remember you getting upset about it. Yeah, I just said it's I stupid. I go, I, go, this is, I go, well, yeah, great, AK-47. We really need to fucking get like, hand grenade weed. We need, like, let's, let's call, talk to each other on the phone about AK-47. It wasn't now. peaceful enough. <laughs> Not to mention that it's confused with Afghan Kush. But that's what happened is you yeah. didn't want it called that. Yeah. You didn't want it called that. And so 
just kind of like to tease you, to aggravate you. I think Tony and everybody, we just thought you all calling it that. You know what I mean? You were like, no, you can't have a gun reference. No, you can't. Yeah, what a pussy! What a pussy I am, right? Well, you know the thing is, it was too predict to me. It was just too like fucking. Come on, guys, we're not fifteen years old. We don't need to call things after guns. But you know, and then of course, you know, at the end of the day, what happened to Simon? He got fucking Kalashnikov giving him a fucking cease and desist, and that's not the guys you want to have giving you a cease and desist. Like, by the way, you know that AK forty seven strain? You may not want to call it that. You're like, sure, let's not. You know what I mean? So. I think I was right in the long run. It was not a good, not a good choice. Oh no, you were, you were. I I agreed with you. I agreed with you. But, you know, it was just like for some reason, once it was said, it became like a topic, and it just never got dropped. You know what I mean? It was oh, yeah. like then it was finally so many people were calling it that. It became. They really couldn't stop it. You know? it's, it's like green it crack. Just, it's like green crack. Right, right, right yeah. now, you go to any dispensary, and they're like, "What I really recommend for you, madam, is the green crack." And you're just like, "How can you fucking even say that with a fucking straight face?" It's like yeah, just right. like call yeah. it anything but green crack. You know what I mean? But like, but that's what it is. It's the for some reason with the green crack, it's the only strain that I see people who like fight over keeping it the original. You got to call it green crack. You can't call it anything but green crack. I'm like, no, you could call it anything else but green crack, and I'd still be happy. I'd be actually, you could tell me later that it was green. Crack. Crack, and I'd be oh, okay, cool. I'm glad you called it a way better name. That's but. even misleading, though, Green Crack, as far as why it's called that. Yeah, what do you, is there is there a definitive story behind it? I, I don't know. I know it's definitely heard, up. It's know. definitely a sativa up type high. Mm-hmm. But um, I've also thought of it like maybe people kept coming back for it, like because it was so tasty or something. Well, you know, it's like hippie crack when people call shit hippie crack with with good bubble hash back in the day, and I was like, you know, it wasn't really like the thing I wanted to call. I was like, oh, let's call it hippie crack. It's like no, that's what people. And the same with nitrous and shit like that. It, they all get bad names. It's mostly Gene's fault. I'm going to blame Gene on that one, pretty much. It's all your fault, Gene. <laughs> Gene, it's your fault. <laughs> because I, st- I, mean, I, I remember Gene was Gene was definitely the one. I remember Gene being all hyped about it, and I was like, that's a terrible name. And he's like, no, that's a good name. And two I'm like, hits, two hits. Yeah. Well, there was a war on drugs, right? And we needed to fight back, uh-huh. right? right? And, uh... Of course, like we're saying, it was a bit of a pun on the aspect of, you know, arm yourself, right, with these AK, with AK-47, mm-hmm. right, and this war on drugs, right? Make sure you got, you know, you got your AK-47, you know, on your side, right? Mm-hmm. It, uh, they've declared the war on drugs on us, right? What's our weapon? Pull it out of your pocket, right? That's true. And so uh, I understand the weaponized thing. And you have to remember, I did agree with you that we actually remember we had a meeting. Mm-hmm. We talked about these because you have to remember that <laughs> chronic, right, was going to be called the hydro bomb. Yep. Right? Remember, yep. to the hydro chronic, yep. it was going to be the hydro bomb because bomb was also a slang word mm-hmm. in the cities, right, of, hey, you got the bomb, sure. right, which means you got, like, the kind, right? Mm-hmm. And so we were trying to use these new phrases that people relate to in the street, right? And plus, the Gulf War to, was kicking down um, around that make time a new, too. To make a new market, right? We were a new seed company. We had to have new names. Well, mm-hmm. we're going to sell. Mm-hmm. Hey, I got skunk number one here, buddy. You want to buy our skunk number one? And now all people or, want or skunks. Or is it super skunk you're looking for? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember what they were looking for was the bubble gum, right, Victor? <laughs> bubble <Yeah>. gum! <laughs> yeah. I tell you, when I lived in Florida, we had the real skunk one down there. That should have been called green crack, if anything. It was just so tasty. You're ripping a skunk with that Gainesville green. Yep. Gainesville green, yeah, for sure. 
That, that was fire. But Bubblegum was a great name. And really, Bubblegum, mm-hmm. which, right, come from Victor there, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. That was really the inspiration, right, to put new names to some of these things that were happening, some of the, making some new crosses, and making our own seed company. Because what we were the Americans in Amsterdam, mm-hmm. and that under equality, if the Dutch could do it, why can't we, right? Well, you know, that was the funny part was, was like, as we all realized when we got there, like everybody who was there as an American, English, you know, mostly Americans though, pretty much, but all those guys that were so like 100% there just for that reason, you know, we, and we all smoked pure weed, right? And then everybody there is mixing with tobacco and they're like, you know, limiting their, their, you, you just know they have no, like pretty much if somebody smokes tobacco, they have their, they have no taste. sense and taste and yeah. things. So no, they don't at all. At the end of the day, you're kind of like, uh, I think that's the ultimate key to breeding actually, just to have a good sense of taste. Yeah, it well, is. Of course. Yeah, it is. And, and, uh, if you, it's like uh, the blunt thing, I never understood it. It's like, it's just great. like mixing with the tobacco in Holland. It's great blunt, uh. You know, is, what, what is it? What are we smoking right now? Great blunt is like, yeah, pretty much kills anything. You know, yeah. they, they, if it's, maybe haze will come sometimes uh, pop through, but for the most part. Uh, um, so, Gene, are you doing any growing out there in Portugal? Or are you able to? Uh, limited amount. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit uh, like old school. I mean, here the um, it's the least criminalization of all of Europe, right? I mean, it's a uh, a little bit like the you know uh, drug friendly, uh, but of course it's still illegal. Mm-hmm. They don't have coffee shops and stuff like that. So, um, but of course, like in the, everywhere in the world, right? I mean, cannabis uh, goes across many different uh, types of people, right? Sure, different classes. I mean, is there is the what? Give us it on a scale of one to ten, like where what the like maturity level of the of the of the weed scene is there? Though is it like a back? Are you like back to mostly we got mostly mostly a lot comes out of Spain, right? Because Spain is the loosest, sure. right? Um, and uh, here they uh, do some outdoor, especially in the north where they uh, get a bit more rain. I'm a, a bit on like the desert's edge here. And uh, there's another um, sort of like um, communal type place where they got some things going on out in the wild and stuff. Um, but the, the major part uh, is probably still coming out of uh, um, the Spanish scene. So uh, not so far away, you know. So when was the last time that you and Victor saw each other? Let's just get a little timeline on our heads here. For you, well, what I did, Gene, 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 I did laundry and disappeared. That was it, right? Same time as I saw you, like walking away with your fucking, yeah, yeah. with your bag over your shoulder, like hmm, big, large. Oh well, he he always carries a big, stupid bag around with him full of laundry. Anyway, that's pretty normal. But yeah, that was it. That was the last time I saw you. I think it was the last time Gene saw you, and that was I think in nineteen ninety five, right? Is that right? So, so <laughs> I was going to say ninety five is the last time I saw Victor. Yeah, it's the last time anybody saw Victor. Until so so, uh, Gene doesn't know this story. I told Will a little bit, but I mean, basically, I I, I spotted you in a fucking Safeway in Rhode Island, and that was uh, only if I didn't go to that Safeway to pick up those fucking tortillas because they didn't have them in Holland, then I would have never fucking found you again. Which was like, uh, you know, was kind of crazy, right? Yeah, it was one of those. I had just come out of I had just come out of radiation for cancer. 
Right. Right? Yeah. And you hadn't even yeah, been like out. That was like, I think that was like the day of my last radiation treatment. Yeah, exactly. You said it was like the first time that you actually like went out on your own a little bit and were like... But it was, it was interesting yeah. because I hadn't seen Victor uh, at that point in about 15 years or something like that. And so I was kind of like, or a bit more, and I was like looking at him and going like, I got to look really familiar. <laughs> that was weird, you know what I mean? And I was like, oh, shit. That really is him. Um, and so weird enough, uh, I ran into Will the other day at the show. And so he walked up to me in sort of similar fashion where... Uh, you know, I had no clue who he was. Um, and then it's funny though, when, when again, like I was, as I was driving over here, I was like, fuck, I can't remember his name. Then he texts me, he goes, you probably forgot my name. It's Will. Right. And then I was like, now it's kind of like popping back in a weird way. Like the, those little, like, you know, it was like, cause Gene, I'll tell you, you had a whole fucking gang of different wacky friends. That's for sure. Right. Gene would bring in like, say we had Govin, right. That was your buddy. Right. Gene. <laughs> he got Govin on, met Govin on the airplane. Yes. Yeah, you, uh, you wasn't, yeah, exactly. So yeah, you, dragged, exactly. you dragged in Govin. <laughs> what was the other kid's name? Because I was trying to remember it for Vic the other day, and I was like, fuck, I can't remember his name. What was the dreadlock kid's name? That, I was the dread. No, no, uh, no. I'm talking about the other one that was more that like... That was Mer- slick, More slicky guy. It wasn't more... It wasn't... It wasn't okay. What was his name? The guy who was... Uh, <laughs> Kind of help. Yeah, he came with his girlfriend at one point, and then his mom, and then Victor Heddle. What was his name? You know, you remember. That's no, me. no, that, it's that not. was Bucky. That was Bucky. Me. That's me. I'm with, yeah. Bucky. Yeah, that was more, buddy. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Wow. It's so bizarre. <laughs> that's my brain. Is my. That's how. That's how much it really. Wow. He's that's right a, there with you. That's amazing. That's a, yeah. Because yeah. he, he said, "I won't. You won't recognize that's me," a, and I still don't recognize him. That's the funny that's part. That's what I was telling. That's what I was telling Victor that because. Victor and I built half that uh, room there, and then Merle came over mm-hmm. after uh, after things went crazy. Poor, poor, and, poor uh, Rod's well, like, wow, right. no, 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 And we built the other half of the room that uh, that the plan actually got finished there. Mm-hmm. That uh, I really appreciate, Victor, everything that you helped me with, everything that you taught me, and that um, uh, really it, uh, it, it, it was a big help to me. That, uh, you know well, that we kind of all uh, learned together, man. When I was there, I, ne- I, I, I never, you know, said I knew anything about it, and that you were the man, and that uh, uh, you were my first uh, yep. uh, steps into all that. I mean, we did. His brother David uh, what, what told was me that? everything too back east in We we were scrapaponics. Remember, Victor? Oh yeah, I mean, scrapaponics. Yeah, hundred percent We were up all night. Building together, playing Jen. Remember playing Jen? Oh, yeah. I still miss playing yeah, yeah. Jen with you. Yeah, I think you still owe me. Well, you know, that was the thing is like back in the day, what Gene was kind of uh, hitting it was like that we, we kind of really were um, uh, always kind of fighting against the grain a little bit just because of the fact that we didn't know how to do business there. We didn't speak the language and we had better weed than everybody and they were all pissed off. So we had like everybody was mad at us because we had good weed. did not like us. That'll make people mad. Exactly. So they were all pissed off. They all wanted the, the fucking weed. And then this is the other story mm-hmm. where. Uh, now they can call him Bucky because now it's like, like makes more way more sense in my head because I'm like okay it's all coming together. Uh, but he was when he came up to me at the show the first thing he said to me was that he was with me uh, the the moment that I figured out that someone had broken into our place and stolen uh, the bubble. That's gum. why we probably can't remember him. Like I said, we came up the stairs and saw the doors kicked in and then it just was just like oh I know. Whoa! 
Exactly. So it was one of those moments in, in time where I was explaining earlier, like you, you kind of like everything around you disappears for at least 30 seconds while you kind of try to figure it Focus all out. Focus on the problem, Because you, yeah. you can't even understand what's going on. You're like, what is happening? And it's, it's almost like how things go in slow motion when you're getting busted and you're like, why is that car stopping in front of us? And they look, those guys look kind of pissed, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden they're like, get out of the car and you're all, whoa, shit, didn't realize those guys, you know, it was like, that's the way it was over there. And, and pretty much, you know, we were fighting against the fact that we were, you know, running a shop without any fucking idea what we were doing, you know, Vic basically, you know, paid a bunch of fucking gambling crazies to fucking take it over. And it was just like, wow, this is like, when we got the gray area, we didn't even know, we had no idea what we were doing in one way, but we kind of, you know, but at the same time, it was just like the lesson in cannabis. If you have really good weed, then they come to well, you. It was like, all of a sudden it was on. You know, you know? To, this, to this day, nobody realizes that there's no such thing as a coffee shop. There's no such thing as a coffee shop license. There's no nothing. We were trying to figure out and like found out that like where's my coffee shop license? I ain't gonna spend all this money if I don't get a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. And that's when it went all the way back to the, the king you now and they it only came back and told me there's no such thing. Right. Like anybody can go and open a hundred coffee shops in Amsterdam tomorrow if they want. And they'll stay open as long as nobody calls and complain. <laughs> yeah. No, and it was, uh, I mean, it was also because it was like, you know, uh, pre-internet. So the the fact that a lot of the stuff we did is, you know, because we were kind of in a little insular spot, like I really felt like we were so isolated from America and so isolated from everything. And now it's like, you're just transparent no matter where you are. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, you're, you're, sure. you're not, you're not going to be able to run a, like a place called the CIA or, or start a, coffee shop without a you know without a yep. fucking any kind of license Where are you going? and and so it's uh you know we're in a definitely in a special period but i also think it's kind of like it just repeats itself Baby over and over up. thank you <laughs> vic what are you doing what i'm you... dropping my daughter off at a play date <laughs> all right i'm just making sure <laughs> making sure we're not losing you i remember reading about the bubblegum story like so it's kind of interesting for me to be sitting here with you because i remember reading about that back I was still working in sports before I even got into things out here. Right. So basically, when we picked up Bucky at the air, at the uh, train station, because Gene's uh, like, "Hey, pick my buddy up." Um, now, actually, you can tell the story from your view because it's good to hear somebody else's view. Because at the end of the day, it was like I was like, "Yeah, he's hitting all the fucking details." So why don't you tell us a little bit? Guys, get, get, get closer to the mic too, so that we can hear. You guys scooped me up at the airport, or no? It's at uh, Central Station, I think it was, and. Uh, we were going over to check the plants. You were like, "This bubble gum is so awesome! You got to come, you know, come. Let's go check it out." I was like, "Great!" I was just fresh off the, you know, just landing, and uh, in the little mini, of course, zipping through traffic in Holland, and uh, we got there over in the like kind of rough part of town. Uh, had the crazy Moroccans <laughs> downstairs to beat his wife, and uh, we only we lived in quality neighborhoods at that time. Yeah, yeah and we went up the steps and. Uh, and uh, your mouth just dropped open, and Victor was like, holy fuck, and we walked in, and all the plants were broke, and that's how I believe you salvaged the one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and that was, and, and now, we're just, I was trying to figure out the year on that. That was around 90... It was 95. Was it? No, 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 it was four? late 94. Four, yeah, I was going to say about 94. And process. is that how the bubble berry came about? Well, yeah, I gave Tony a cut of, later, what I did was I, I revenged that number three, and then I gave Tony and, and Simon basically a cut kind of together at the same time. And then, you know, you know it's funny, Gene, is that uh, later when I kind of, because Simon got, like, butt hurt over 
something, and then I kind of came to him as a sort of like talk to him about it. And then I asked him about the bubble gum, and I said, you know, it's kind of confusing for people that you called it fucking bubble gum, you know, and we already had a bubble gum, so you could have just threw your name on it, like serious bubble gum or something, that, so people knew what the fucking difference was, right? And he was all kind of like looking at me all confused, and he basically said that he got the bubble gum from JJ and not from me. Can you imagine that? And then, <laughs> and then also he said in the High Times thing a few years back, he said he got it from Sensi. Exactly. I mean, just kind of like, really? <laughs> like, come on, guys. Now, that cut comes from the Midwest, right? Now, here's um, the next. Here's the no, next. He, yeah, we'll, we'll do that one. Now, this guy will. He, got, he, he got it from us for sure, but he only had one cut of it, right? That at that time with Victor, I forget exactly, but I think we had like six cuts, right? And uh, um, Tony got certain cuts, right? You and you had certain cuts, uh, but Victor would rem- maybe remember better because it, it was all under his program at the time, right? And then yeah. that's what I'm saying that uh, when he got deported, right, I was running the room. Yeah, and well, all I did was keep alive until Victor got back, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that was after. I mean, so, the, but the one room that was at my place was just the initial spot that's where we just kind of were doing the, the initial selection yes the place that got robbed that was the initial spot yeah, yes and, uh, exactly and, so that, uh, and that put us like well and then the thing is that victor got a different kind of got a different cut later or different uh more indica we had the kind of the indica and the sativa variances between the two um and the and then what simon got was the more sativa version i believe and then uh but then he even further pushed it to the more sativa like his his female that he used on that cross put it even more in that spectrum so when you grew them side by side they were really really different you know that's what and that's just what, and anyway so yeah it was kind of like one of those deals where i was like really like people that can't remember that you know what i mean like a fucking you hand them a cut and then they're gonna remember somebody else giving it to them you know and you're just like wow that, i mean it happens all the time that's like that's how this industry <laughs> works anyway and you're like okay well sorry i didn't sign a contract with you at the time but pretty sure that was the way it went down um, yeah, Alan. Alan. Yes, yeah. Yes, that you um, probably gave him a cut also. Then well, your brother David, uh, hey, um, Vic, your brother David gave me all those cuts too. I met him in Jersey way back. Well, that's, that's what I'm going to ask because Adam said that you had both varieties. You had the Indica and the Sativa. Nope, I've just got this one, and she's tired. She grows crazy, but she's still the real deal. I still have her. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Adam thought you had both the indica and the sativa. Uh, no, so he just got the. the one that that one leans on the sativa the side a little bit more. Yeah, but it's still nice, thick, dense buds. You'll see. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. you can tell already because it's got single, some single leaves. You know what I mean? It's one yeah. of those things when it's like twenty-five years old. You know, yeah. things been like it'll take once it gets set, settled. Though I'm sure it just kind of opens up a little bit. It's ugly as hell in veg, but once it gets in flower, you remember it, it goes right back to what we know. Right, that's awesome. Um, so, Gene, what's what's the strain of the fucking times there are they all like ridiculous like oh we only smoke gelato 33 now uh, <laughs> are, they, are they actually uh, just fucking smoking anything they can get there um, they're pretty reasonable qualities um, I mean uh, the, like I'm saying it's a bit more old school so I don't have like this crazy selection you guys have over there 
You know, Spain like we is, had back in Amsterdam. Spain is like right but, on point uh, with what's going on. Like they're only smoking Cali strains now. They're all super, super snotty. It's like, really? So you're going to only <laughs> in Cali? They're only going to smoke Cali strains. You're like, okay. But uh, yeah, so but they're they're pretty fair 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 grown, and uh, um, you know, it's uh, um, I can't say that I'm like seeing um, cup winning stuff, but I'm definitely seeing coffee shop quality stuff. You know well, what I'm saying? It's so. almost an anti statement these days. Right? Like here, if we say dispensary weed, it's like ooh, yeah, that's bad. Yeah, like don't say that. Yep. <laughs> they finally figured it out. You know what's funny is like living in living in Holland, we realize that it's quite hard to keep up with any shop there if it gets it starts popping to have the quality all the time and yeah. people the guys get all anal if you can't nail it every time and of course the weather there is so different and summer <laughs> to winter and you know the the timing and the growing in the attic or growing in a basement you know what i mean there's all these different different conditions but uh here because everybody's getting these mega grows and stuff they're able to get consistent and they get consistently like meh you know what i mean yeah, it's, it's there's cool. no consistently like nailing it every time it's consistent and, yeah. and so everybody's figured out everything that we figured out in holland is which is like yeah the good weed is always not in the shops right i mean the good weed's Never. always always going to be with the personal grower and the people in the shops don't believe that a lot of the time yeah well i mean and they've they They've become accustomed to whatever they... You know, a lot comes to, at times, handling, right? That's uh, yeah. from the manicure, a lot of times, the degrade... Yeah, from the, the cure to the manicure. ...the quality mm-hmm. um, through bad handling. And the more that you have to do, the, the, usually the rougher the, uh, the handling becomes. Mm-hmm. And some of the more ex- exquisite stuff is usually done on a, uh, on a smaller... Smaller venue with uh, no, yeah, you're 100% much correct. more detail done. 100% and, uh, correct there, Gene. That was a very very fine example of uh, of proper knowledge there when it comes to like something like you know hang out with Tony for a while, then you can understand what handling can do, right? Like, like, I agree fully. You'd be like, no, this is definitely not how you handle weed right here. This is what you don't do. Like, yeah, just you know, <laughs> roll it on a blanket. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's like that kind of guy. Like, it doesn't matter. Couple threads in there, it's cool. You're like, What? You can't yeah. do that. Hippie hairs. Yeah. There's always one thing you could get away with, but when you start to try to get away with four or five things, then you're done. Yeah. You know, the way I explain it to people a lot of times, because if I'm teaching a class or whatever, it's like, oh, Look, it's like getting a report card, right? And you, you start at 100% and you work your way down. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, I forgot to water it that day. Ding, there goes a little point. Oh, if I fucking went to the concert and came home two days later and if I can, the shit was dried out and I tried to rewater it. Ding, 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 ding. There's five. You know what I mean? And if you're, it depends on your lifestyle. If you're the kind of guy who likes to party, go out, stay out late, meet new people, do lots of deemsters or something on the whatever, and like forget where you are and then come back to your garden one day and go like, oh man, what happened? Why is it all like this? Or you leave it with somebody who's not really giving Doesn't a shit. Doesn't know what the hell they're doing. And then you're going to come out with like a C minus at that point. Or you might be like super anal, you never go out, you stay in your house, you check your plan every four, 45 minutes or something, you know, and you're like, do-do-do-do-do-do. And then all of a sudden you're getting like an A to it. A plus if you're on your really on your toes, but your maximum like the lowest you'll get is an A minus, and then that you'll feel so bad about yourself. That's how I've been a lot of the time. Yeah, so then you're growing super high quality, but then once you try to teach that to somebody, 
ding, 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 ding. There's whatever amount of problems that that person has of understanding what the fuck you're talking about. So they may never get to 100% because what, what they just I don't have that clue. You can learn something from anybody. So if you go into some grow room that you don't think is that great and they start trying to explain to you how they do things, there's usually something for me that I could pick up. It may be a chair they use to roll around when they water or something stupid like that. Yeah. But sometimes I try to explain to someone my style of growing and I'll say to them, well, you need this much runoff. Do I have to? Yeah. Do I have to? Uh, then the next thing comes along. I'm like, well, you know, when you veg them, you want to do this kind of pruning. Do I have to? And after it's three or four things, mm-hmm. I say, yes, you, you don't have to unless you want really good bud. Because right. a lot of those people don't understand. They think they could just leave it in the basement. Well, the problem, now is, the problem now is the reward is not as high as it was right. back when we were fucking... Like, we, we kind of... I always lived on the wrong side of the fence. I, when I was in Holland, over there, the weed was about... It was like twenty. It was like maybe three grand a kilo. You know, what I mean, so it was cheap. It was like yeah. fifteen hundred bucks a pound. It was cheap. Yeah. All of a sudden, now weed over here is a thousand a pound, and over there, it's people are charging in uh, Barcelona one hundred and sixty dollars an eighth in the stores. That's what it's going for. So, so I was like, holy fuck, man, that market has changed drastically in, wow. in the opposite direction. In Holland, same thing too. It's like twenty two euros a gram average you know wow. so you're like whoa yeah sometimes i see people paying 50 dollars for a half ounce and i'm like well and the prices are really high but i don't think the prices are that high in spain i mean maybe on no for, for the, tourists, no right? it's for those it's for those same cali right. strains those cali strains with a label that everybody's like oh it's junk boys weed or whatever <laughs> so, so that's what they're all paying these I'm top just dollars that, um, <laughs> the salt factory uh, i mean we're in euros now like you're saying back in the day we're in guilders Right, mm-hmm. and uh, it didn't change over till Euro to about the 2000. The Gilder days were uh, uh, like a, a time. like a good sativa was like six thousand I mean, Gilders. I'm, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Adam, for like three or thirty five, mm-hmm. right? You, um, you, you can uh, uh, bring in a case, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not a problem. Yeah, well, I mean, nowadays it's a different story. But like you're saying, retail, what are we going to do about like, the market like retail, here? Maybe at Arian's places or something like that, right? He's probably trying to knock down twenty-two. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, I think what's going to happen. I mean, the crazy I mean, part is, I heard prices like a thousand dollars in Minnesota. You know what I mean? Which is the kind of place that normally. Yeah, but come it, on. No, but I mean, normally that's not a weed place. Adam, Adam, yeah. I mean, we've been, we, we we've done business a long time. We all know a bit about. I mean, Victor. I mean, I got these bubble gum seeds. I only got a hundred seeds. How much are these seeds a piece? They were fifty bucks. Were they a hundred? Yeah, and then that guy, well, the funny part. That guy lost all his seeds because when he came home, he had had them in the top pocket. There was one guy who bought a bunch of them off of Vic for a hundred bucks each. And it was like, whoa, a hundred bucks each. And this guy went home, had him in his top pocket of his little military jacket thing that he was wearing, and he put it on the top of his, uh, like he came home, put it down, went to bed, woke up, and his daughter wore it to school, and then found the seeds and gave them out to all her friends. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> so that was it. He came back yeah, and got more. Like saying back there, they're, they're pushing the prices down, right, mm-hmm. on just because now that you're legalizing it, farmers, they don't want to pay farmers much, right? Mm-hmm. But what are the real costs, like you're saying, and what are they measuring it against, right? Greenhouse weed, outdoor weed, right? I mean, that, like you're saying, if it, 
if you're going to turn out a fine quality weed, right? I mean, just like you have craft beers over there, right? I mean, I'm not paying the price that I pay for a Schlitz or a Stroh's as of what I'm going to pay for some craft brew, right? Yeah, but the problem is that so, this is like everybody's on the same tip. We're all craft brewers, so all of a sudden, like, we can't all win. You know what I mean? Everyone's got to, someone's got to lose. And what's happening now is prices are going to, doesn't matter if you have good weed. I've gone to gardens here, people have some beautiful weed. And it's like the people are offering them like nine hundred bucks a pound, and they're just like, "Dude, can't!" You know, like it's so painful. And they'll fuck it, do it, but you got to buy a hundred of them. You know what I mean? And it's like because they're getting stocked up, where they have two, three hundred pounds on in in backlog. You know I what just, I mean? I wish we could get a, a connoisseur market like the uh, wine market is. I have to say, it was it's, a little bit more like yeah. that out here before yeah, everything changed. Because now it's just like. Yeah, no, there's the, the nobody's palates are matured enough to under like to get the difference between mm-hmm. somebody growing twenty five plants and somebody growing twenty five hundred plants. Oh yeah, no, it's it's and and you can't as hard as it is. I mean, even as a good grower, it's very hard to like maintain a two thousand plant garden. There's no way without a bunch of people. And once you got a bunch of people, you've separate. Like I said, that, that, that's your little dings. You, that, you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> by the time it gets taught by to you, then it's taught to him, then it's taught to him. And well, you know, not you guys, but in general, like yeah, you, three it people gets down, watered down. Three people down. And they're like, fuck it. You could just do that. You don't have to worry about that. And yeah. you're like, Wait a minute. That's not what I taught you. you I kind of think of it like fishing. If you if your line's a little frayed, you might not catch the fish, but you probably will. If you have a bad eye, maybe you won't catch the fish. Uh, if your tackle, if your drag isn't well, you know. If you don't know what you're doing, if your line isn't right, you have a chance of catching the fish if you don't do one of those things. But once you're not doing four or five of those things, there's no shot. And once it gets down the line, people just think, oh, do I really have to be here every night to do this? And Well, if you want it to be good weed, yeah. Well, it's your life. Well, that's the problem is that there's a lot of people who are growing... Now they they see the, the you know the, the rewards not there, so then they're like, well, fuck! If I'm only gonna get a thousand a pound, then I'm definitely not gonna go and buy a seven part fertilizer, you know, that's totally organic and like work with that. I'm gonna actually just go get this two part and fucking boop a boop and get even bigger yield of weed that I wouldn't smoke. And then just like kind of like how in Holland, you remember how in Holland how nobody smoked their own weed? It was like they'd grow thousands of pounds of weed and then they'd open up their thing and they'd have some Moroccan hash and you'd be like that's what you smoke you smoke Moroccan hash it's like yeah that's what I smoke and you're like oh god like you'll never know what you're fucking doing at that point oh shit there it is Yes, well, they didn't even have a, a, a big uh, homemade hash market back in those days. Remember, you were one of the first in that, Adam. The laminate. You were uh, using a pollinator, right? right, and then laminating it and stuff. I mean, you were definitely one of the uh, ones that helped bring the hash market to Amsterdam, that's for sure. Well, it's just funny because it was like, uh, like well, now, now yeah, everyone's an artist and everybody's a, a master and everybody's got, and they've taken it to the next level, too, where people have actually... Uh, you know, taking it way further than we've ever, than we ever even did, um, or could. But at the same time, it still comes all back kind of full circle where just like Gene was saying, it's all about handling. Same thing with hash. It's all about working quick and, and being like clean and cold and not fucking taking your time and being all, you know, not the right temperature and everything just turns into a big mess. You know what I mean? So you kind of have to... Got to follow the rule book, man. Got to just do certain things and certain parameters and then you can do a really good job. There was a time when there was no powdery mildew around here. So, you know, as far as keeping your day and night temperatures different for more mm-hmm. resin, was a lot. it was a lot different then. 
yeah. And then we didn't even have powdery mildew back in Amsterdam back in the day. And you'd think that would have been like the powdery mildew central of the planet just because of all the flowers and all the at one point agriculture. I said, but I never saw it. At one point, I, when it was really big in California, I said, if that stuff ever comes to Colorado, then there's something strange because it's just so dry here. It's so easy to keep your room really dry. Yeah. And for me, I just got it recently for the first time. Well, the time. problem is, is that powdery mildew actually thrives more in the dry conditions when there's a temperature swing. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it's moist, it's weird. Like, you think that it would be like a moisture thing, but in reality, it's like when plants are, are dry at the root zone, they're more susceptible because they're kind of like, they seem weaker at that point. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they get hit. And once they get hit, and the when I got it for the first time in Holland was... I think around 2000, and it was when I brought clones. So you already were getting it there back then. Well, I brought a clone from okay. uh, from California, from yep. sour diesel and Kush back from California in 99. And then by 2000, I, all of a sudden, I started to, like, get, because it was weird. I didn't see it right out of the gate, but then, you know, it was, like, like the herpes or whatever of plants, because it's, like, all That's of a sudden. That's really what it is. You go, like, oh, shit. Like, and it was because I was sucking in air across the water into my place. Like, it was coming Ooh. across the water into my boat and fucking, it's, like, the perfect breeding ground, you know. Um, so, Gene, when's uh, have you gone to Amsterdam since you've been moved over there, or are you just still kind of just hanging out in Portugal the whole time? No, I moved just to Portugal, and uh, I'm just retired, chilling out, enjoying the sun, and uh, working on my pan, things like that, you know. You shave, you shave the beard? You shave you know, the beard, or what? You gotta try to, huh? You shave the beard. What? Did you shave your beard off? No. No. Well, how are you going to get tan? You can't have a tan. Then what kind of tan do you have? Like a tan on the. I'm on my mission, but I—I mean, I didn't think you wanted to go and go there, right? No, but I'm just thinking if you're if you're thinking about getting a tan, then you got a beard that goes down to your belly button. It's like you're not getting much sun to your body at this point. You're like, you know. I'd have a beard that long if mine didn't go gray. Oh, what do you mean? I, dude, I was laying naked in the sun today and yesterday. God forbid. And the, the visuals. Before. The visuals right? are not too much. Having, like, the visuals are too much. <laughs> <laughs> We've been having like these 70-degree days, right? 70, 72-degree days. And it's, uh, it's been really nice. And uh, But, yes, I still have the beard. I'm still on the mission, you know, that sure. people should be free from... Slavery and servitude. Razors. Free from razors. People are still in servitude by having to pay the rent for their house. Oh, you're still on this. You're still on the trip, bro. Oh, this is a manifesto. uh, We're having a manifesto, by by the way, everybody. What what do they call that guy? But the landlord. The Lord, right, (laughs) still has the serfs, right? Uh Yeah, I'm I'm following you. And how are they doing this? It's still, that's what I'm saying, that that was what was made illegal. And that uh, each and every American should have the right to own their home, mm-hmm. that we all need a home, mm-hmm. and that this system, this feudal system, was made illegal prior in America. And America does need to wake up if they want to remain free. Else, of course, you will be indebted to the master of the land, the land. Are you on a soapbox right uh, now? The, so now when you're in Portugal, <laughs> the, are we there now that you're in Portugal? the master race is. All right. The way right? That, that they Jean, believe I that only one. they have the right to own the land, and everybody else must work or serve them. i got to ask you something, Gene. Do you still have... Yes. The, do you still have the gold football helmet with the, uh, ant, with the antlers? Have the what? <laughs> the gold, the gold uh, football helmet with the antlers stuck to it. You did have that, didn't you? Do you remember that? 
that that got uh, confiscated confiscated um, uh, when they uh, uh, took that place. Oh. Did that knock you down at all? Yeah. The first thing, or this that. one? This one's got some power to it. Which one was? Uh, what we that's oh, cosmic. The original, the cosmic. We'll talk about that. Because the coffee usually. So says. yeah, that's that's literally one of those. You know, like if I hear your name, Gene, that's the first thing that's going to pop in my head. It's like gold football helmet. Gold football helmet. helmet. Yes, antlers. Football <laughs> helmet. Yeah, do, 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 do. I could just see it in my head. Even though all I was, I was only told about it. I didn't even. I never even physically. I don't think I ever saw it. I think I was just explained to it so well by Annie, who was actually just here a couple of weeks ago. Gene, it was kind of funny, but uh, Annie told me. Oh, yeah, she came over to to. to to get this, the Serious Seeds uh, description for the cannabis cup, and she kind of walked up to your apartment, and it was like, yeah, you had this helmet on, and it was dancing around, and I was like, eh, I'll come back later, you know what I mean? And I was like, oh, that's so Gene right there. Like, like she's like, I don't know. It was kind of weird. It was like he had this helmet on, and he was dancing around his apartment, and I was knocking on the door, and I was like, man, maybe I'll come back. So anyway, that was one of those stories that's literally stuck in my head forever. Could never t- yes, that sounds probably true. I was probably <laughs> tripping out and uh, raving out, and uh, oh, I didn't hear her at the 100%, door. Hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, so guys, I got to do a quick shout out to my sponsors to pay the bills. Um, so if you need to go take a break or something like that, bong hit, grab some food, take care of your kids, whatever. Vic, you're still there, right, Vic? We didn't lose you. Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, good. Oh, good. Um, so let me get let me do about five minutes here with my sponsors, and I'll get back to you in a sec. Right out of the I'll call you back. Okay, call me back. Cool. Right out of the gate, I want to talk to. Oh, who's that? Is that Gene? With the, with the come on, Gene. <laughs> Turn off the what back. Is it? You got your background swag on. Now I'm getting an echo. Turn it off. Oh. Uh. Uh. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. I just I thought, yeah, right. You said right. you were going to do a commercial. I was, and said you said go have a coffee. So I thought I, I know. put it on the speakerphone. Yeah. Do you want me to call you so, back? Call me right back. Cherry that sounds good. Maze. You can listen and call back. How's that? Perfect. Yeah, call back in what five minutes? Yeah. Second. Sounds good. Yeah. And then this right, is wedding cake. So we got out of the gate, New Millennium, Nutrients. Uh, we're we're going to have them. They were at the show the last couple weeks ago, or whatever. And it was awesome. Uh, they are. Finally, getting into people's hands that are, you know, coming back with some good, good uh, experiences, and they were all with uh, the guys from Plagron who produce a really nice peat, which they were showcasing. I love when people give away peat at the shows, you know, like soil and peat and stuff. Like, yeah, sure, and they loved it. Every time someone would take one, you'd see the big smile on Axel's face, the guy from Plagron. He'd be like, "Yeah, that guy's carrying home a bag of soil." It's like. Phew. But uh, New Millennium works with all all mediums, rock. Uh, but it works really good with cocoa and with soil. So those are the two favorable ones, let's say. Um, they got a bunch of new stuff. Uh, they got the new Carbonara, and um, they are also have a have a new foliar that I don't think has hit the market yet, but it's on its way. And uh, oh, <laughs> connected at the hip. Um, they also have an awesome uh, lineup, which you can grab certain products standalone and test it out if you want. I would suggest the Ruby Fulvic or the Winter Frost. Those are easy, good standalone products which you can bring into any line and check it out yourself. 
You can also go to newmillenniumnutrients.com and check out their store finder and their calculator and all that stuff and kind of figure out if they are close by. And if not, tell you guys to get them into their shop. Also want to, uh, to give a big shout-out to Incredibles. We have to have the, haven't had them on the show for a while, too, so we need to get them. Uh, probably, I think, if hopefully D-Money's coming by tonight anyway, like he did last time. We'll see. I'll send him another personal invite. Um, we'll try to get them on the show soon, talk about all his new products because he's got all the new um, uh, wellness products, which are awesome. And uh, like I said on the other shows, if that guy makes something for that particular situation, you know it's going to work because he is a man who needs to have a good soak all the time. So if they he made something uh, medicated like that, you definitely should try it out. Also the gummies and their uh, CBD pills and stuff like that. All a whole new line of stuff. And you can go to iloveincredibles.com. Check out their store finder. Same thing. They're covered everywhere in Colorado, so you should have no problem in Colorado finding them. Or Nevada now and California and moving on to a bunch of other states, too. So take a look online. Check it out. Incredibles.com. Build a Soil. Um, saw Jeremy at the show. We both uh, realized we have to do something really soon. Um, but... He also had uh, Rootwise guys at his booth. Well, he was at the Rootwise booth, I should say, when I met him. And uh, we're going to have definitely have them on the show sometime soon. And it was just good to catch up and realize. We, he, I think he's going to he's going to be in the ad Z, which you know, come on, now. that's good. So you can challenge him, challenge that guy. But it's always good, to, always good to run into him, and always good to order stuff from him because he's on point with everything and uh, can get you your. Hard to find products. Also, your wait, I need to get. Actually, I need to order some predators. Predators for the new room. IPM. Yeah, new room, new room, new preds, new preds. The Arco um, ones. Yeah. So go to buildasoil.com if you want to check them out online, or you can go to eight five five eight seven seven soil. Call somebody direct and tell them what you need, and they'll get it out to you. Um, yeah, it's a great. It's actually it's a great website because it's got a lot of information, but also. Um, it's like one of those things where you're like, sometimes you read about stuff and then you're like, well, where do I get it? This is like, it's all under one roof. So you're like, bam, if you're reading about it, it's available. And WallaceWild.com. Man, you can do it in your eye. You can do it with your eyes closed. WallaceWild.com. Yeah, well, yeah, you opened them up at least one time. Uh, Mr. Ron Wallace with the Wallace Wow formula. Uh, I have mycorrhizal products and rhizosphere-based stuff. He's, uh, he's your man. He, if you need to know how to make plants grow big roots and make big fruits, and especially pumpkins. This is your guy. World record pumpkin hold, pumpkin uh, record holder and uh, squash co-brand. He wasn't the guy, but he produced the genetics. The squashkin? Squashkin. Squashkin. Um, but you can also contact him. Tell him you came from the show, and you will uh, definitely be taken extra special care of because he'll know that you're a weed guy I'll be like oh the weed guy because every time I talk to him he's like man I'm getting a lot of getting a lot of hits from the weed people I'm like well I would hope so because he's also on the back of um, <clears throat> what's that right? growers what is it growing in or whatever <laughs> the other mycorrhizal product I always forget oh uh, mycos yeah mycos, mycos. extreme yeah. gardening extreme gardening there, there it is extreme gardening and um, yeah give him a shout and our buddies at SeedsHereNow.com, which they keep telling me I should be doing a special. Was it ADS420, I think it is? Yeah, well, that's a good call. I think that's it. 
Oh, we got who we got who we got. Yeah, they're showing up. Oh, they're all showing up. Um, so uh, the seatsnow.com, they've got a big special. They got specials going all day long. What does this say? What do, they, what do you got? Anything good? They can exotic buy any three packs. There's a there's two three packs. You get tangy and cream. Yeah. Boom, you got it on the screen. People can read them. Check out those specials. Read them and weep, but just go to the website and check them yourself at your own pace. And you can also go to seedaholics.com and check out the the specials that are happening with uh, different kinds of... Some some of them will be one-off. Some of them are just... Uh, some of them are, like, uh, found at the sock drawer. Some of them are for... Uh, different kinds of charities, and those charities are 100% to the charity. It's not like a piece of the charity. So, cesarenow.com, um, bringing it to you. I haven't heard, I don't know if, I, I, if James wants to give a call in, he can and sort of hype up whatever he feels like at any given moment, but it's not 420. It is 420. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's not 420 in like a certain time zone. It's 451. Ah, yeah, I figured it was past 420. Anyway, so yeah. we, didn't, we didn't hear from him, so. Sometimes he does 520 because he just thinks, like, you know. It's 420 and, uh. Yeah, it's it's either or. The West Coast. So if he wants to give a call in whatever, 30 minutes, say what up. Um, But if not, just give him a call or give him, check him out online, and he has got everything uh, that you need. And I want to also give a shout out to James from uh, Salyunim, who, uh, Gave me a, a tester, a test gun from Innovation something. What was it called? Yeah, right. You got it? Mm, oh, yeah, man, sure you're on it. point. If you got it, I'll be amazed because I was just like kind of. Oh, man, I was Googling it earlier. You Googled? Anyway, it was an electrostatic uh, sprayer, which is basically out of the whole thing. So, you know, you go to the trade show and everybody always wants the same thing, right? There's always like one thing that you want, right? And everybody wanted that. Because it was either a backpack version, which is like the dope one, and then they had the smaller one. But the small one's actually cool too, because the thing I realized is, you know, you're not normally with the sprayer, you kind of like want a big old spray that you spray, you know, as much as you can and get it all done. But with this one, because it's um, electrostatic, it actually clings to the to the Doesn't leaf. Make a mess. Yeah, so you don't want it to shoot everywhere, yeah. and you just kind of get in there. So it's a little bit more, uh, you know, definitely would want the big. One, if I had a huge operation, because that would drive you nuts with the small one, because it was only a, a liter of uh, spray. But considering we the man has beat us down over here, so we're only allowed to have 12 plants in flower, so, or even 12 plants in general. Mm. So it's like I can spray that. I can take my time. Victory spray gun. Yeah, victory. Victory. Victory spray gun. Awesome. Thanks, James. Uh, I will be doing some photos and some testimonials for that guy soon, and then... Maybe we'll have him as a sponsor. Who knows? He also produces Solyneem, which is like a micronized neem uh, powder. It's pretty dope. Probably pretty good to spray out of that gun. Well, I'm pretty sure that was designed for yeah. that, so I'm, ho- I'm hoping it would work perfect, perfectly. <laughs> but, uh, no, it works good. It's like one of those things. It's the active ingredient, kind of like, um, you know, other other products on the market, but it's, um, but it's powdered instead of liquid. Mm-hmm. So you don't get the... You don't get the float to the top bullshit. You get the kind of even mix. Mixes in real good. Even mix. That's the yeah, word. It's, it's, yeah. So um, that's it for sponsors, right? Mm-hmm. Bam. We did it within the five minutes. Okay. So as you see, full studio craziness. Boom. Here's here's Gene Gene, the dancing machine, or is it Vic? All right. We got Vic or Gene. Who we got? 
Uh, Gene. Oh, Gene. Gene, Gene, the dancing machine. That's what I, I had to, I wasn't, that was the, my, my first, <laughs> that was my first bet. I said, it's either Gene, Gene, the dancing machine. Victor's or, not back yet. No, no. And everybody else went out to, to make noise in the other room. So, um, but it's, so now it's just me and you, man. We're just hanging. Um, so you, you, you are you, cool. you're, you're allowed back here, right? You're, you can come back to America. You didn't do anything bad over here, did you? <laughs> I don't know. You're, you're, you're as far as I know, I could come back. Uh, okay. I mean, I don't really have any great desire to. Yeah. And, uh, I left some time ago searching for uh, new things in the world, uh, wanting to see how freedom was. Right? Sure. And uh, you continued your mission. Uh, you continued your mission. I, actually, I, I came back to. It's kind of funny when I came back. I literally said, "I'm just coming back to be like front row." If it gets legalized and and even if it doesn't, I'm also here to see the shit show because I just want to. I don't want to hear about it. You know what I mean? I want to be there and see what the fuck goes down because I already knew that when when places did go flip, it's going to be like the most cool part ever because it's not nothing. We like we we when we came to Amsterdam, everything was already set in place. You know what I mean? We didn't change. We didn't move the needle for a while. It took a while for us to do any of that. But over here, you literally can do that. You know what I mean? You can literally be there at the time when they. First legalize and make it here. Here, okay, we got Vic on the line now. All right, Vic's back. Yeah, I'm back. All right, so Vic's back. Gene's back, and uh, uh, Bucky and uh, crew are all outside hanging out with the band. See, now the band showed up, so I got a band playing tonight, Vic. You'd be right at home. What's that? I got a band tonight, and you'd be right at home. But Willie was going to come, the trumpet player from Snoop. Do you remember him? Did you ever meet him? Yeah, did you ever meet him back in the day? Do you remember? Like, totally nutso, big, huge guy from Midwest. I don't remember I, the other one I always call. Like, I always call you Adam. Do I know this guy? Yeah. Well, I wasn't sure because <laughs> was, like, that was yeah, pretty yeah. close. It was like, like yeah, think, you know him. He, he stayed with you over here then. Oh, okay. Right. No, he, no I think he was a little bit after. I think, he, I think he came in like 96 or 97 the first time. Um, but anyway, he's a trumpet player, but he, uh, his band is here now, so it's going to get a little, get a little crazy around here. Um, so, so Gene, are you, are you said you're retired. Are you, uh, are you doing any other little ventures over there or you got somebody, got something happening that's fun besides cannabis too, anything, whatever? No, no I haven't really been doing anything except for, uh, Enjoying the different weather, right? You know, the weather in Amsterdam was gray. It rained a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bit cool, right? And uh, But things are starting to move here, possibly, that they supposedly struck a deal with Canadian group, and they're going to produce hemp here, right, and then ship it to Canada. And um, looks like they might be moving on. Um, I, th- I think that they are a medical position right mm-hmm. and so progression seems to be coming here also Hopefully yeah i would hope so I, I would hope in the most liberal drug country in the world they'd, they'd at least be open to the idea of hemp that'd be that'd be crazy if they weren't um you know gene you should also listen to a couple episodes ago i think maybe about four or five episodes i had i had matt in town actually so we had matt on the show for a full episode so you should you should definitely tune, like check into that one because i think it's a, a little little blast from the past there, you know? Yes, cool. 
How's Matt doing? He's doing good. He's doing good. Well, he's 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 not. He's a little depressed about the whole scene too, because he's like now in Oklahoma, the most depressed place in America for cannabis and taking care of his mom and not. You know, he, he went to Cali and he was doing some stuff over there and he was loving it and he was working in greenhouses and stuff and then he had to go back to take care of his mom. So it's one of those uh, moments where you're like, you know, he's not he's not in his happiest place, but at the same time he's doing pretty good for what he's got going on. So definitely a cool show. Yes, yes. So, um, yes. Vic, what's uh, Rhode Island? I hear every day something new. It's always like one day it's the coolest place in the world and now it's a piece of shit. What's going on over there? Yeah, now that supposedly for us to go to cut it down again to eat plants, eat, eat flour, eat veg, like per patient, you know. If you're a caretaker, then you can have 16, 16. Yeah, but, yeah, they change it. It doesn't matter. They change it every day. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, yeah, basically. Yeah. It's, they never surrendered like, in the war on drugs, so the people must persevere on, right? And uh, you're getting closer to definitely um, you, you need to get the, the federal aspect with all the different states to come together and at least get the, med- the, the medical uh, established federally. But until then, the, those people that hate it, like sessions and such, right? I mean, good people just don't smoke marijuana. Yeah. Now, that's prejudice mm-hmm. under any Americanism that I was taught. I mean, that, uh, uh, and so when you have prejudiced people against the, the, the cannabis scene, they're not going to give up. And uh, so they got to be defeated, and they have to be defeated legally. Right, and that's what the whole movement's been. Mm-hmm. That's why it was a democratic movement by the people. Right, I heard Dennis Perone; he just died. I heard, yeah, but uh, that was a big movement by the people, and um, that that's your that's the American right. That's why they put it in there for these government officials who want to dictate down to people, whereas the the people have the right to decide for themselves. So what they're trying to do of course, is sidetrack what Yus is doing, right? right? And try to flip it back the other way on you, <laughs> you know? And, uh, uh, well, uh, ho- hopefully it's not going to happen. I mean, I think more and more of the world is seeing the truth that uh, it's not that horrible devil drug that oh, no, I mean, now back under reefer madness. Now and, we have so much more... That, we have so much more ammo now, like you were talking about earlier about yeah, having what's our what's our weapon. Now the internet's obviously our everybody's weapon. You know, what I mean, we have the ability to to get the truth out, and you know, Jack's message is pretty clearly still this you know pretty much the core of a lot of people's things. And we're just finally getting to see building materials done, and we're finally getting to see tons and tons of hemp being grown in America. And it's like, okay, this is. This is this is unstoppable at this point. So, like somebody like Sessions, I mean, he's going to be a blip in the radar, in my opinion. Uh, where you know everyone's all nervous and scared, but it's just like business as normal for anybody who's already invested ten million dollars into their business. They're not going to be like, oh no, Sessions, you know, we're going to stop. It's like no, you just keep going, uh, grinding away, and that's. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't trust them, man. Oh, nobody. Who the, trusts these it? Are yeah. the people, right? That what? It's against federal law. Yeah. Call in the federal troops. Right, these so-called sanctuary states, mm-hmm. right? We ain't going to let them get away with that shit. 
I mean, you're talking about the, the, that type of mentality of people, right? Yeah, but I don't think they're going to be effective because, I mean, the problem is they have to get financing and they have to get approval. And there's, you know, there's, there is definitely enough people along the way that are going to, you know, not agree with that. And he's going to have to take it to court and keep getting shut down every time he tries to come up with something. Because it's not like, I mean, even though he is the top, <laughs> top officer in the country, it's like everyone pretty much understands the guy's out of fucking touch with what's the reality and what's going to get done. You know what I mean? Because, like, too many states, too much money is involved. You know what I mean? And it's a lot of people's money. It's not just partisan issue or some bullshit government crap where you're like, oh, it's fucking, it's, you know, no, it's like it's way past that. It's like billions and billions and billions and billions. We're at that stage. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's real because uh, there's a track record. Well, I mean, you know that you would think that, but then they also, Just Sessions has allowed what they call civil forfeiture, right? That's mm-hmm. the one where they're taking your money and stuff and saying, well, we think this is for drugs and you're going to have to prove that it's not, mm-hmm. right? And that was what America was, a part of the revolution was founded upon, right? That the government seizing your property, claiming that you've done a crime and that you have to prove yourself innocent, right? Else they keep your property. And I mean, how is it forfeiture if they seized it? I mean, it's government seizure, right? Right. Now, if they want to allegate a crime, right, it would be criminal seizure. But to mask it as civil forfeiture, right, that if you get pulled over, you're going to a car show, going to buy a new car or a used car, you're going to buy some uh, (laughs) computer equipment, whatever. And the policeman says, well, I think this is for drugs. Mm How is that civil forfeiture when they seize it? Mm Mm-hmm. So you're dealing with people that use deceit and deception to do bad things to people. And that's what I'm saying, that I hope it don't get turned back. I hope, it, like you're saying, that there's enough money uh, behind you mm-hmm. uh, to uh, keep them at bay with the, uh, in the courts and stuff. But I don't trust them. Oh, I no. Mean, no, you shouldn't. These are people that will stab you in the back, dude. I can never expect you to trust the government. <laughs> that would be the last person I would ever imagine trusting the government. But in general, um, <laughs> you know, I do think we're at, that, we're, we're at the tipping point, luckily, in America where, and that's kind of why I said earlier that I would, wanted to come back because I was like, well, fuck, if this thing really happens, like I've always said since I was there that, you know, we fucked it all up, we should fix it. That's kind of my thought behind it, you know, because it was always like, well, fuck, if it, you know. And then I came to Colorado, which was funny, and, we're, and the street that I moved my second shop onto, Larimer, is the exact same street that the first guy who ever got busted in America for cannabis was busted, and it was like three blocks from my original, from my second spot, you know. So I was just always like, damn, I really came to the to the spot, and then it's the first place that became legal, too. So, so in a way, it was a full circle, you know, and it was cool to be front and center for that, you know. But now, when you see other places popping off, everybody's like, wants to be in Massachusetts, or they want to be in this state, or they want to be that state, but nowhere's really got the the uh, track record as, as much as here. Here is like, Colorado is, is definitely like the Amsterdam more of of uh, the weed world here, just because it's like a small number of people, but they're doing big things, and they're the first out of the gate, you know. I see great things on TV about it. It's looking great, for sure. Yeah. And uh, I've seen very positive things, and uh, I hope it continues to progress. It's I just that the price... Come on board. It's, it's just the price is not good for anybody. We were talking about earlier, it's down to, like, you know, $1,000 a pound. So it's like, okay, this is just, like, farming really expensive, you know, peppers now. It's not really, like, you know, 
real money like it used to be. You know what I mean? It's so all of a sudden you're like, shit, huge overhead, lots of fucking, you know, things to pay for. And then on top of that, it's not worth a dick, you know? So it has changed. The yeah, so de- definitely. I mean, that uh, uh, they got it down to prices that are under what you used to pay for import weed, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Um, well, now we're getting prices in. in so that's pretty. We're getting prices of the things we heard That's in the 70s, bad. in the 70s or 60s even, when people would like go on horseback down to Mexico and get it for 50 bucks a pound. And you're like, yeah, it's about that much in Oregon right now. It's between 50 and 100 bucks a pound. So you're like, holy shit, dude. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, like, when they were going uh, literally like... I can't understand how they can, how you could pay the electric, right, and... Uh other expenses and uh, get it down that low. Well, no, the yeah. hundred the hundreds are all outdoors I'm, I'm, and greenhouse. Those are those are outdoor greenhouse. But in general, the uh, the indoor is about hovering at like eight hundred bucks a pound. So it's pretty bad, you know. What I mean, that's yes, yes. That um, of course, right? Outdoor is a whole different story. And uh, well, that's what we're saying in the aspects of um, relating and quality at at times, right? Uh, You'll probably have to section off in groups or associations, maybe like make connoisseurs clubs, right, where you're able to offer a better price for verifiable, better quality, like you're saying, of uh, uh, these uh, where people are more willing to come there. Yeah, I mean that's to getting this greenhouse. That's or, what that's what Will uh, was trying to figure uh, out outdoor. earlier. Is how do we how do we raise the bar? And really, it comes down to, you know, like at the end of the day, I always look at is like cannabis people are pretty savvy and unfortunately they all go in one direction you know like you smoke something you like it smoke something better you pretty much forget about the first thing you smoke you move on to the next thing you know people keep going up the ladder very rarely do they go down the ladder occasionally when you get stuck you get stuck and you're like fuck it smoke some shittier weed and then you realize at the end of the day like you know it could be seven percent thc it could be fucking 25 percent thc it's just kind of like all relevant when you're in your zone, you know what I mean? So you'll, you, you'll adjust quickly if you have to, you know what I mean? You'll be like, oh, this is what we got, this is what we got. Um, yes, but, well, the market has to separate to some because of, I mean, just sort of like in Amsterdam, right, everything wasn't the same price. I mean, you didn't pay the same price for bubble gum as you paid for super skunk. Well, the difference right? was, though, people there thought about the weeks because of the rent was so high. So if you paid, if you had a 10-week or a 12, you know, 11-week plant, you better charge extra money because it should took more time and dutch were pretty good about that like they were like okay it's a, it's 10 weeks i'll give you an extra gilder you know whatever but but later on people started to do the classic where they would take a a nine week amnesia and sell it and tell the guy it was a 10 week amnesia just to fucking make that extra buck you know what i mean and it was just a classic they chisel up and nobody over here really thinks that way over here everybody's just kind of like gets cheap as they can get you know what I mean That's I think when want. dispensaries first opened here people were, so, were selling stuff that took a lot long flaring sativas for more mm-hmm. and that stopped but what I've noticed and my cousin Mark has told me and shout out to Mark um, a bunch of times is now there's a lot of dispensaries that go straight by THC percentage mm-hmm. their top shelf is stuff that's over 26 or something right. like that yeah I've heard that too and I've heard that places that are you know paying X amount for higher for higher and that's what I was saying before I was like yeah but uh, I mean, that's good for some people. That's great for some people because some people actually find their little niche down Sounds like you need a cannabis union. <laughs> cannabis they union tried to, here. Uh, barter the prices, you know, like like you're saying, this is, has a higher quality, you'll have to pay more, right? 
Just have to drop it all off with me, and I'll tell him where to put it. Yep, keep that around there. Some arbitration. Bud's under some arbitration board, right, to settle between, like you're saying, if they're pushing you down too low, like farmers have, right? I mean, uh, else, of course, right, if if they didn't unite together in farmers' associations, right, they would keep pushing down the price of corn or wheat, and uh, so they have to... uh, have people come in between them, look at the truth, and say, look, you know, you guys are going to have to pay a higher price, right? Mm. Especially as inflation incurs and things like this. Well, dispensaries out I mean, here, like you're saying, employees tried to unionize here, dispensary employees, and it, it didn't work out. Oh, they got beat, they get beat down yeah. like a real union beat down. Ah, take them down. Sticks. What? Hello? That's what it like. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, what's up? Well, in business, you know, there's only there's only a couple of rules in business. It's supply and demand and risk and reward. You know, so it's like, you know, they've taken the risk out of it here, so everybody's just growing, you know, taking the big risk out of it. So they're just growing it up, and then, then, and then it affects the supply and demand. You know? And then all of a sudden, it's everywhere. You right. know, it's like, people can get the good weed. You know what I mean? But, you know, what it is, it's got to be, it's all going to be based on, like, basically delivery now. Because if that's, that's what it's called, because people come get the good weed and people, everybody wants my weed. You know what I mean? But I know people who want it, but they'll get something that's almost as good. You know, they'll get something really good, you know? If maybe not exactly, they'll still want my particular skunk, you know, my particular cush, you know what I mean? And the way it's grown, they like mine. But, if somebody's once you get there 15 miles from my house, I can tell. It's like I know that they get weed, but they're not going to be alive because they can get somebody on the next street over and walk over and get it, get it to them. Right. So it's like, yeah, it's basically, that's what I think. I think it's all going to be, yeah, you're going you're gonna to have to have everything. It's basically, when the market loosens up, you're basically going to have everything. you got to have the best, you know, you got to deliver it. You know, it's like... And, you, uh, got, you pretty much got to smoke United. it for him. If I, I'll come over and I'll deliver it, and I'll smoke it for you, and I'll tell you how it was. How's that for service right there? That's some service. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get, get hella creative now. What does weed go for in, in Australia and New Zealand these days? I wonder. It's always been expensive there, man. It was, like, ridiculous when yeah, I lived there. I heard New Zealand's a great place to live. New Zealand, actually, I think maybe a little cheaper because it's a smaller island with a lot, like, everyone there smokes when, more. When I was on the North Island, it was weird. It came in, I was in a Wollaray. Yeah, it was folded in tinfoil. Mm-hmm. And it was mostly, like, a tie. Tie, yes. Yeah, yeah. CD tie. It wasn't, there wasn't no, like, headies there. No, I was there, and it was always imported weed, and there was, like, no, not very rare. I mean, I mean there, there's going to be people. best place to find that is in uh, Melbourne because they, they were more cool in that low in that province. And the, the farther north you went, the more it can, became more. Or in like, Australia? Yeah, the yeah. more it became like anti weed and kind of. It was like a reverse of us. It was like more going out south. So, um, so Gene's, Gene's running, running things over there in, in, in Portugal. <laughs> what city are you in? Are you in Lisbon? Or are you in like Main City? Or are you somewhere else? Or are you by the beach? You said. I'm just outside of Lisbon. Yes. Nice. Nice. I mean, you you, uh, you go to Spain at all though, for like Spanibus maybe. I haven't been to Spain. No. No. Nah. Should. March uh, March 10th and 11th is Spanibus. Uh, you should you should make an appearance one time. It'd be fun. 
I think I'm going this year. I think I'm going to be going this year. <laughs> and Victor has two oh, yeah. kids. And Victor's got two kids. Yeah. How are your kids, Vic? <laughs> my daughter's six and my son's 11. Wow. They just turned. My daughter just had a birthday. My daughter's seven and my son will be 12 in a couple of weeks. So, <laughs> That's so awesome. Like I got to buy Yeah, I got a couple. Of, she can't quite carry her own backpack yet. So I'm hoping like next summer to grab a URL pass and right. show them all the places I lived. You know? That would be that would be a, that would be a fun trip right there, for yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah, we're on the train. So then you can go visit night. And daddy, daddy used to live on the train. <laughs> now you can go visit. Now you can go visit Gene in Portugal, and you can add that to your list. So you can go down the beach there yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I almost. I was sure looking at property. Over. Somebody tried to get me to what? Somebody tried to get me to move over to Portugal. Uh, uh, but it's more north of by Porto and the river up there. Yes, yes. Hey, is Luke's Popular little bird in paradise? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Somebody uh, was like, had a property, and they wanted me to move over there, and they wanted me to move over there, and I, like, I was like, I didn't want to direct me. My, my kid, this was a couple of years ago. My daughter was only, you know, just turning five, so I was like, nah, not a good time to just drag her out. Uh, get property six, prices you know, here are pretty moderate, and... Um, in many ways, it's sort of like the California of Europe, and, and yeah. climate and uh, um, ge- geologically, right? And so, I mean, it's not a bad investment rea- in reality. No, well, I've been there many uh, times. I'm happy to be here. Oh, yeah. I tell everybody, I probably, that's probably one of the places I choose, you know? It's like... Uh, I've been there. I was there a few times, you know, back when I used to live in Switzerland. I used, we, you know, that's where we used to head, you know, we went from Switzerland like, straight to the beach like, down there. Well, everybody's thinking about Spain now because Spain has all the clubs and stuff. So, of course, from a stoner point of view, it's like, oh, no, Barcelona's where it's at. You know what I mean? And it's. I was just saying earlier, people are paying $160 an eighth right now for, for weed and, like, Cali Bud that's all jarred up with a nice label on it and stuff, you know? And uh, I was like, "Damn!" Oh, Cali Bud in in Spain, yes. Yeah. Cali Bud in Spain may be 160, right? Yes. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. That's that's what's the hot that's the hot ticket over there right now. So it's hilarious. It's like, okay, you guys can't even grow your own weed now. Like, what the fuck? Come on, guys. Um, but yeah, uh, it's interesting to see the globalization and see how it all kind of like it's spreading. Um, and really it's, it's just like access to good weed is like really all it is. And like, we all strived for it before. That was like our mission life. Everybody kind of like, how do I get the best weed and be the guy? You know what I mean? That was like every, and now all of a sudden it's, it's literally like kind of like everyone's got it, you know, which is always the, the lame part of the party when you're like, oh great. Now everybody's fucking got it. Like, you know, now you really want to almost, I wouldn't say you want to quit smoking weed cause that's not going to happen, but like as far as growing and and the reward level is so low, the risk and reward it's less now because now in Colorado they're cracking down on everything, and if you have more than twelve plants, it's a felony. You know what I mean? You're like, what? Like we got over this like a, in 2012. It's not really legalized. It's really so it's almost worse because now they've you know now the coffee shop or the coffee shop, the dispensaries are all fucking the ones who are behind all the problems here because they're like they see it as their bottom line, so they're like all worried and they're. Like okay, anybody who is growing weed needs to get the fucking hammer down on them so that people don't grow weed. So people just have to go to the shop. You know that's kind of what they're trying. It's almost like in Holland. Remember how they kind of took out all the fun when they said they're going to take your house away, and everyone was like, "Well, fuck, 
I don't want to get my house taken away. You know what I mean? Before it was just kind of like slap on the wrist. And then all of a sudden it was, well, you, you won't get council housing. You know what I mean? So all the Dutch people stopped growing. So it was only foreigners and gangsters. You know what I mean? That was pretty much the deal. All, all the locals were too scared. You know what I mean? How is it there now, Adam? I, I haven't been there in six years, something like that. So I'm sure. It's the same. It's it's more commercial. Definitely, I know many people that did lo- that did lose their homes in Amsterdam because of that. Yeah, right? yeah. And then and it's really that, hard, and it's uh, super it expensive. Was... Super expensive if you're outside the city. Like I had an apartment for like two hundred bucks. You know what I mean? Three hundred bucks, and then and, the, and then they squeezed out a bunch of coffee shops too, right? With the school rule, right? Oh, yeah, cr- yeah, yeah. And. Uh, right, right, right. They just—I mean—it's definitely a, like a uh, much less uh, cannabis-friendly landscape than we were feeling back in the day. Yeah, with for all sure. the, with all the breeders domestically like, right now, I'm wondering if uh, they're still putting out anything interesting over there. Mo- monetary control. You know, uh, only certain people are allowed to really profit. Yeah. From the city. Arian. Common <laughs> people aren't really—they don't really want you profiting from their system. Right. Genetics wise, <laughs> genetics. That's the reality, but that's the re- reality behind the business. And uh, uh, like what? you're saying that they, like you're saying that that when they make it okay for, or it's only a slap on the wrist, they got too many people doing it. Like you're saying, too many people opening mm-hmm. a coffee shop. Like Victor is saying, mm-hmm. what license for a coffee shop? As mm-hmm. long as nobody complains, mm-hmm. you got no problem, right? And. Well, then when, all right, too many people were making profit, right? Oops, they have to cut that out, right? Too many people and, doing good. Uh, well, that's why exactly. what people don't understand. What people don't understand is, like, when I open my coffee shop, you know, it's, uh, like I said, there is no such thing. Like, in, in, in Holland, I tell you about, in Holland, marijuana is illegal. They've been in the world court for about 40 years now. Belgium and Denmark and, and Germany is taking Holland to the world court mm-hmm. for 40 years. And when they go there, Holland just says, what? We have no laws. Marijuana is illegal. Right. We just don't lock anybody up. It's like there's no sedating place. Right. Any, and that's why. And it's the same thing I keep telling everybody about here in the States. And I can't get an answer of it. I can't get an answer. Because... When I was told when I got the gray area, the person I was, was a soup restaurant, was a coffee shop at one time. And then it became a soup restaurant. So we were scared to open. So in order for me to get the money to the landlord to take it over, I wanted my coffee shop license. Now he owned, when you pay rent in Holland, like a portion of your rent, like a third of your rent goes to William of Orange, like the guy who built the canal there. Like he still owns the land in time. You don't own it. And then there's... Then it goes to whoever built the land, like in the building in seventeen hundred, and then you basically you buy when you buy something in Holland, it's called key money. You just get the key to the place. You you got the right to control it or whatever. So I went. Well, I was going to give the money. I said, "Give me a coffee shop license." And it was like, and then it went back. So this owner who owned it happened to own like lots of buildings. He was like related to the royal family, mm-hmm. and he said, "Well, I'll go." I'll go in the other shops that, you know, I went out to and ask those owners, you know what I mean? And it's like, he went and he came back. He's like, there is no coffee shop license. I said, well, he didn't give me money. He said, I'm the money for a coffee shop. You can't get a coffee shop. And that's when he told me, like, there is no, those, if you, they make those certificates of all those rules about 
all of his joint shots, and we have 500 grams. Like the local police chief may say those rules that pass them out room, but they're not written down anywhere. Marijuana is illegal in Holland. Yeah. And it's the same thing. And That's, so what I was told is, this is the reason, this is, I think, the main reason the states have tried to tell a couple people. I was told that, they, now there's a Dutch guy translating it to me, and I know he's spoken English, but Dutch English, you know? And basically what it came down to was like, he told me, he went right to like the head attorney general of Ohio, they said he was related to the royal family. Yeah. He went right to the king himself. And was this, was this they, when you saved the cat? Was this when you saved the cat on the side of the building? Same deal? No, that's how I, that's the reason I opened. <laughs> ah, okay. That's, yeah, the reason that's another opened. story. That's another whole when story. Was, the cat. I was, when I, There's when a lot of I was going to give the money for the place. I wanted the coffee shop license. And then he came back and said, no, marijuana is, he told me a story, marijuana is illegal in Holland. And they've been in the world court for like 40 years, there's other countries, so marijuana is illegal, so there is no license out there. And what he told me is, then he told me the reason. He told me the reason was that they couldn't make it legal in Holland and everything at the time and everything was because it was written into so many trade agreements. Yeah, and the fine print, like between every country, there's like a million trade agreements for everything. If it's hardwood, softwood, plastic, oil, water, uh, tomatoes, peppers, whatever it is, every single thing has a trade agreement between every country. Mm-hmm. And in those fine print of all these trade agreements, the conditions that you will not traffic in Schedule One, Two, or Three. Not if you get trade agreements with the United States, mm-hmm. you know which it's kind of, that's one of the things that they're breaking all those trade agreements. You know, <laughs> kind of a good thing. You know, because they're alive, but the reason they can't, it's written, he told me was, that it was written into so many trade agreements. Yeah. The trade between Holland and Germany, in there, there's a thing, you know, from 30 years ago, in that trading, some of these trade agreements are 100 years old, is written, you know, you will not, you know, traffic in, you know, whatever. And that's the reason... Well, the I Dutch, the Dutch were always the Dutch were always pirates anyway. So I mean, that was their, you know, they broke every trade agreement probably possible on a daily basis. And that was the thing that was interesting. Like when we were there, they were still had that vibe. You know, what I mean, there were still those old Dutch guys, and you would talk to them, and you'd be like, "This guy is cool. He don't give a fuck." You know what I mean? I'd be like I like this guy. And then you know, you go there now, and I think it's way more bubble. It's way more like, "Oh, I used to be good. Now I got to do this." You know, everyone's really following the rules more because I mean, there's still going to always be two well, books. Well, it's like the tax man. It's yeah. a tax man. When you buy, when you buy a place, and we buy a place there, depending on where your place is, there's a tax man assigned to your building. You know, you live there, you shop there, whatever. There's a tax man to the block you are. Just like there's a doctor. That was a great day. I told you, wherever you live, you go see the doctor that's assigned to your apartment where you live. You know, for us. And but you have a tax man. So I didn't know anything about covers. This guy just told me there is no license. You just got to do it. You know, I mean, there was a coffee shop here, so we get over the coffee shop, you know? And uh, so I was scared to do it. Being the first American, I like I instantly knew everybody was going to go in Dutch and going to come down on me or whatever. Other coffee shops wrapped me out. And, uh, but then it was, that, that's when I rescued the cat. That was the story about the cat. The oh, cat the cat. To build him. Yeah. Lucky the cat. And so I was living in the Bay Area, kind of just... Fixing it up, just you know, trying to figure out how I could open. You've been, you know, you've been shut down. You're there, no. No, no, sorry, I was just asking and, something inside. Go ahead. 
And then a cat fell down like three stories between a one foot gap between two buildings. Yeah. 25 trucks jacked him in the building, open to rescue. They're really into the pets to rescue this cat. And I came walking out and climbed up to the roof because I know the owner across the street had the building. I went up to their roof and they all yelled at me to get off and went back into the gray area. And I got a big, had all the, we, we had all those giant stacks of hemp seed. We had all these stores, stand stuff, the CIA and all the hemp twine and everything. Boxes of hemp twine. And I got the twine, I got this basket, and I just happened to have some, like, sliced up chicken. And I threw the basket, and climbed the roof of the melon, lowered it down, and rescued the camp. So they sent me a letter. So they sent me a letter of the street, like, got together and tripped in to have a dinner for me. Yeah. And at the leg, the leg ass restaurant. Mm-hmm. And it was, they sent me, it was handwritten in calligraphy and everything, like an invitation for a dinner in my honor. Like, with me and my three guests paid for by the people on the street. Yeah, I remember that. It was so kind of crazy. I didn't, and I didn't, know, I didn't know what was going on. And when I went in there, the head it was the fire chief for all, the local fire chief, and then the fire chief from all of Amsterdam. Like, he's like next in line, because they're under the fire department. He's next in line to the king, you know? And when I went in there, they were all there dressed up like, like a receiving line, like shaking my hand and they gave me like a piece of paper, like, you know what I mean? Like a certificate for saving the cat or something. And that's when I got, I got on the phone, the I called you. that I saved. I said, the, yeah, I know. I remember this. I was looking for your buddy to paint because while I did, I said, I got to get somebody down here now. I got to get somebody down here now. And because we had all the signs and we had nothing in. And then as soon as I came out of the dinner, I think it was Slice. It was Slice's there that had Slice and somebody else, you knew, mm-hmm. come and paint coffee shop while up on the sign and in the window. So when everybody in the street woke up the next day, it was up. It was like Bay Area coffee shop, coffee shop, like written all over the place. So I was like, oh man, now they can't go and turn me in, you know? Right. Like that. But um, yeah, like I said, there is no laws. It's the same thing in the state here. All these states are picking up their own rules, changing them every day. Mm-hmm. And nobody can, you can't, if you're in business, you can't fight it. If you have another business, when I own nightclubs and hotels, and they wanted to shut down my outdoor club, they couldn't do it. They had to take me to court. Mm-hmm. And it took a long time. It took them almost three years. And I, I was open during the summer, them trying to shut down my outdoor clubs. What they give you a license for something. Like, so once, I, like, I'm only around, it was, I could have 72 plants. But then they just changed it. The next day, no, you can have 24. And I don't change, no, you can only have this. And you can't go to court. You can't go to court because federally it's illegal. Mm-hmm. So you can't, like, if there's no, they can just make up whatever rules they want. The statesmen know what's happening now is basically the same thing that happened home. Like, there's, yeah, every time so, they different so Vic, rules now. So, Vic, I'm smoking a joint of bubblegum right now. Oh, is that, uh, oh, no, no, it's not bubblegum. wedding cake. Oh, it's wedding cake. Oh, never mind. I'm not smoking wedding cake. Which words? Do you have any bubblegum in there? No. No, oh, it's, no, not, it's not dry yet. Never mind. It was I like the wedding cake. It hit me nicely. I was wondering why. I was like, this, is, this, I was like, this tastes good. You know, you know what it's like? I got need for the last, like, every single person I know, every time they come and get, like, God, I got to hear, like, for the last 15 years. Well, I've been back in the country here for what? Seven. The last seven years I've been back in the country here. Um, everybody, I was up saying, oh, geez, I wish you had the ball I wish you had the ball like, yeah. I've heard that like one billion times. Well, we'll make sure you get it. We'll make sure you get a, a piece of that one for sure. So, Gene, uh, <laughs> so, Gene, we got you still on the right line or what? You, you yeah, always yeah, talk yeah. about Yeah, yeah, all you right. Always, 
We need a gene story. I, I need. I listen to Victor. Victor's correct. <laughs> Victor is correct. Holland, it, it's yeah. technically illegal. Illegal. Uh-huh. He, Victor's astute in the. Uh, What's well, so that happens when you get deported? That, you learn uh, shit. The it's policy like, is Kadokia, right? It's part of the They're learning basically curve. Basically, in the 70s, mm-hmm. right? Coming out of the Vietnam War, the hippie era, that so many people were smoking weed, right? That they didn't know uh, what else to do except for accept it at a certain level, right? And uh, of course, in the Dutch style, they uh, organized and uh, allowed them to have uh, places to hang out and smoke weed, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of just being out in the park and everything, remember they were out in the park, hanging out in Vondel Park, smoking weed, you know, these hippie children protesting Vietnam, what are they going to do about it? <laughs> you know, like Victor is telling you, they're very organized over there under the under the King system. There, there is no doubt about it. Uh, but like he was also pointing out, that's what I was saying, that Victor had a shop, a big chunk goes where? Right to the crown. Right. Well, the tax, this is the funny thing. The story I started telling the story because of the tax man. Now, when you get the shop and you open up, you know, it's kind of all of a sudden, and I'd heard about the tax man from Adam, Adam over the CIA, you know? And so there's a tax man, all of a sudden, you'll kind of, you'll notice some guy like hanging across the street and they have these clickers in their hand. Like, you have the clickers to go in a door. So there's some guy like hanging out in the corner by his shop, like, watch the shop. Tell you for a couple hours, click and see how many people coming in on his shop. And then all of a sudden, one day, I'm in the grave sitting there, and all of a sudden you see this Dutch guy, they go over there drinking a cup of coffee, you know, they have a little book with them, and it's like, and the coffee in my place is terrible. We didn't have no fancy machine with espresso. We have coffee pot, and you're lucky if it was hot, you know? Yeah, the worst, worst coffee for sure. In, 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 yeah, in, yeah. You guys yeah, definitely never on, never had good coffee. That was that was a guarantee. No, we did it on purpose. I didn't want to make coffee all day. It, that was you know the style, I, mean? I remember. It, like, it, it wasn't, we were, did it. We purposely made the coffee bad to keep people from asking for it. And, uh, Vic had a formula. So sudden, he had a formula. There's a Dutch guy. There's a Dutch guy sitting there. Yeah, plus, not many Dutch people really came into my shop, you know? You know, <laughs> except, yeah. So, like, you, there's a Dutch guy sitting in the gray area for an hour and not buy weed and drink the bad coffee. You're like, okay, I knew. And then all of a sudden they come out and they flash their badge and they say, and I see your book. You have, you're assigned a book. Yeah. And in your book, when you have a coffee shop, so you basically, it was all Dutch, but, you know, it was basically like food, drinks, you know what I mean? It's like, and then like merchandise, t-shirts, you know, bands or whatever. And, and then used to, for the pot sales, we used to write other. So there was never a name on it or nothing. Go to the government, they didn't collect any money, it was just other. Right, simpler times. And so, well, yeah, it'd be like it'd be like you know, and then with gray area, it'd be like we made like eighty dollars on coffee, and we made like you know two hundred bucks on merch, and then we made like eight thousand guilders on that. <laughs> like, okay, so and really, you did like twenty, of course, because you know everyone has two books there. Yeah. So no matter what they're doing, they're running two books. No, it's, the it's, thing was, you just needed to do it in half. You of course, to, you only keep that book because you yeah. didn't want to get. Then we would cut with the other paper, you know. No, no, we write anything down. Yep. You know, it's we always just did fifty percent. You know, what I mean, exactly. you always knew like what the stock was and everything. You just cut it in half. You know, mm-hmm. made it easy. 
So, Gene, you got any kind of crazy uh, stories from back in the day that you can throw into the mix? Because I know you got plenty, but any, any that stand out with, uh, you know, with, uh, with the crew here? Um, Other than, like, you I know, we, the do- I mean, like the donuts for donuts? We all saw Nine Inch Nails at the Paradiso. That's huh. when we were all together. And it was a good time. And then... After the show, we all hung out down to Soundgarden, playing we went ball, on boat. We went on the boat. And, huh? We, we went out on the boat. the Nine Inch Nails guys oh, yeah. on Moe's boat. Right. We almost killed him. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah, we had, uh, and it was like, yeah, that was funny. We did have, we did, we did do that. That was one of the times I could think of to... Speak up. <laughs> Killing Trent Reznor. What do you remember of it? Yeah. No, that's the thing. Is there? I mean, the thing about Amsterdam too is there was a, like a. It was weird because I've been in Colorado almost ten years. It's coming up soon. Oh man, nine years coming up soon right now. And it's like the twenty-one years that I was there felt like forty years. You know what I mean? Because it was like so many different things happening. War in the van. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that also? That was also crazy. We had the guy who died from Corv uh, recently. Yeah. Uh, had him in the van with Crazy White and Stevie Stevens in the back of my Vespa car. And, you know, just like stupid <laughs> stuff. You know, and you're just like, wow, this is just Amsterdam for you. But uh, I, it's interesting to see all these I players. Say, yes, overall. Yeah, and all the, the shows and stars that you guys hooked me up with. That uh, from Willie Nelson, right, mm-hmm. to uh, cool. uh, Snoop and everything. That. Uh, those were all great times. I, I definitely appreciate. Uh, well, that's the thing is, all the good, all the weed guys came. That, you know what I mean? Yeah. All the weed guys showed up yeah. at some point. You know what I mean? And then they wanted to know where the best weed was. And then usually somehow we all crossed paths in those in those worlds. You know? But now it's crazy how it's changed. It's uh, it's changed, but it's still the same game. And a lot of those people are still doing the same thing. And you know, I've ran into Willie a bunch of times and uh, Snoop, obviously. But it was always funny because they like. Uh, you know, for me it was easy because I have the jackets and stuff, so they all kind of remember the jackets, you know. And but for the longest time, it was the like with the guys from Cypress Hill, they were there when we had the bubble gum. Like that was when we were rocking it hard in the very beginning, because then they they came in like '93, you know, '94, and it was like right when we really just yeah, Cypress was great. And they they were like, we, I remember we brought them like some fresh bud for the stage or some bullshit, you know. It was just like, and they were like bubble gum. They were like the first guys to really identify like this is the fucking shit right here. And uh, that was like right before the whole thing went down. <laughs> and then you came, <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then you came, guys. And, ah. <laughs> so uh, okay, so that's your crazy story. Vix remembers fragments of all sorts of stuff. Mr. Thousand, Mr. Thousand Gilder, Mr. Thousand Gilder over here. That was Victor was famous for because he always had at least a thousand Gilders in his pocket, like. And just bah, like just spend it on stupid. Like, I mean, definitely you were no. you were out of you control. You took care of us, Vic. Yeah, you were taking care of everybody all the time. That was for sure. It was one of those. <laughs> yeah, was like, uh, yeah sure. I definitely appreciated the free place to stay in Holland. That's for sure. Uh, I was rolling. I was rolling in the back then. Geez, I what? I always had three cars. Well, I own the big nightclub in the United States with all the bands that. Played at the milk thing with guy. That's where I got the name Mr. Thousand Gilders from the guy who ran the Paradiso. Because it was like the uh, Beastie Boys were on tour there. And it was like, they, I mean, they didn't even announce tickets. Like they were sold out, like just for people who worked there. 
And so then there was like a thousand people outside the place, you know, for like two nights. And my friends were kids that I uh, used to play my club were opening on tour from the goats. And, uh, all the money so, uh, records. But the way I went, the little girl, Mangie, was a friend of mine. So I just basically like, brought her guest list up. She had like a guest list of 12 people. Mm-hmm. So I used to just walk up. That's what I used to do with all the bands that would come in. I used to play my club. I just go up and they'd give me their guest list. So I'd walk up, I'd walk up the door, like we're fighting through the crowd. And like there's a thousand people there. And it was like when I first got there, like, the guy named me. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to guess. And I guess this what? The place is nuts. And I just said, no, it's Victor plus 12. And they're like, yeah, right. And then I went over there and I pulled out, and then they kind of ignored me. And I just pulled out a thousand dollar, a thousand dollar bill. And I gave, I just went to the guy, like, hey, I put it in. I go, listen, it's a thousand dollars. If it's not Victor plus 12 in that guest list, you can keep that. You know what I mean? Right. And he went and found me, and they got the manager and came back, and they're like, oh, yeah, 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 that's That's him. a good placeholder. You know? give him a thousand guilders as a placeholder. Here's 500 bucks, you know, like, you got to take me seriously or not right now. Because now that was. And that's the thing. Back in the day, those were scary. Those thousand gilder notes. Those were like the the danger. You'd lose them. You know, like you'd, you'd you'd be doing the pocket check every fucking ten seconds because you'd be like, oh, I know, I got, yeah. like, oh. it's only a little tiny piece of paper. By the end of it, you're folded up or some bullshit. Those are scary. <laughs> those are some scary bills. <laughs> the beasties. I remember that. That was great. Yeah, that was one of those weird shows. Like the goats. If anybody's not familiar with the goats, they should look them up because they were definitely like super talented. But they were like two, they were like basically two uh, black for white people and two white for black people. Because it was just kind of like they had live, good live music going on, and then hip hop, and then a lot of like storytelling and shit going on. So some people just didn't get it, you know what I mean? But if you got into it, you're like, oh, these guys are awesome, like crushed it. But like went to the Beastie show and nobody cared. They had their backs to the show, eh, whatever, you know what I mean? And then the Beasties came out, hit one button on the fucking thing, and it was just like, brom, the whole place lit up, and you were like, yep, nobody's here to see the goats. <laughs> like, everybody is fucking here to see the Beastie Boys, for sure. But the goats did the, the, goats did the theme song for us. Remember, uh, I'm not your typical American. <laughs> right? They told me that that was my theme song. They did that one for me. Yeah, no, it was a, it was good time. It was good times there for that, and then you know, like, uh, you know, the the obvious thing when when bubblegum comes into mind is always the CIA and those years, and those were like the formulative years of a lot of people. Now, kind of like, like like a like a Richard Lee came in from the from the uh, Oaksterdam and rolled in, and when he rolled in, he saw like, wow, this is what this is cool, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, later on, you find out, oh, he started Oaksterdam, you know, like, and then they, I went and saw him, and I was like, hey, what's going on? I haven't seen you for a while. And he's like, you know, Adam, I just want to tell you that, you know, th- the whole reason I'm doing this is because I came to the CIA, and I like was like, holy shit, this is cool, you know what I mean? And so, so we created a whole, like, weird buzz just because we were, like, a, some crazy Americans just doing our thing and, like, carving out a fucking grow in the middle of a, you know, like a bunch of whores up front. <laughs> fucking Remember the tie grower up some across illegal, from your building? You could see out of your store that you had all those lights up there. Some illegal fucking ecstasy dealers upstairs and then the fucking guy selling guns. <laughs> and it was just like, and then the guys downstairs in the Magnum P.I. and fucking 
those guys were downstairs fucking like loading up vans full of hash or unloading hash vans. It was one or the other, you know, it was basically like they were just bringing it. We never quite got it. We'd be like, why does it smell like paint fumes at two in the morning? This is weird. You know what I mean? And then like, oh, that brand new looking thing just rolled out. You know, just, it, it took me for years to figure it out, actually. And they had all these boats and stuff. You go into their office and it was just pictures of boats. You know, you're like, yeah, these guys are killing it right here with this little fucking RV rental shop in Amsterdam. You know what I mean? It was just kind of ridiculous. So we were like literally the building, that, that CIA building. I, when I was tripping and I would stand in the, and I'd be in that building, I'd be like, this has got to be the most like, not, it's not necessarily evil, but there's so much, like we are the nicest thing here. We're just like some <laughs> weed kids and everything around us is really seedy. You know what I mean? It was like, it was like prostitutes, guns, gangsters, ecstasy, you know, fucking guys, like everything just running around us and in every direction. And I'd be like, Oh my God, this is, I can't believe where we are. <laughs> and, uh, and then we got driven out cause you know, we were killing it. So they hate that. But those are the days, right, right, Gene? Those we are really some... did hit the best time. <laughs> yes. 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 What's that? Adam, you must still have the famous photo right from the modeling shoot. Which one? Oh, the big one? Yeah, I don't see. I have it yeah. somewhere digitally, yes, not physically anymore. But I definitely right, have good, it. Good. It's in Amsterdam yeah, somewhere. I, that was I a... love telling people that I was, an, I was a professional underwear model, so I was going to get a copy of that. <laughs> Right. Well, we had a shot one time where we took the t- rooftop shot of the CIA where we had uh, Victor laying on a, underneath a grow light. Somebody holding a grow light, his co- like his uh, cousin or whatever, uh, holding a grow light over him uh, while he lays on a beach of sand that was coming out of a pollinator. You know what I mean? So it was kind of like a whole setup shot with a DJ and giant plants and all this other stuff going on. We tried to do as much. like It was like one of those, like when Diesel was really hot at that moment. Like That's when Diesel was like the shit. So we we're like, we're going to do like a Diesel ad where everything's in, in the middle of action of some sort, you know, and in stoner in stonerness, we did that. It took all day, and it was ridiculous, but it was quite quite fun. <laughs> and then Victor in the shot, he's got like his hands down his pants, laying like this, like total like fucking on the couch kind of stoner guy with his hands down his pants. I'm like, that's a real classy shot right there. You got Victor with his hands down his pants and his underwear, <laughs> and we got we got you know Monica DJing, and yeah, it was pretty funny. Like I was doing a video, I was that filming. Way. I was filming a video bong hit at the time. Somebody was doing a trichrome challenge, and yeah, we had Steve O was doing a trichrome challenge. We had a, it was it was a pretty funny shot. It was one of those crazy, crazy shots. I always think of it when the kids started doing like last year or two years ago. They started doing those freezes like everywhere, uh-huh. like a whole college campus. Everybody stopped at the exact same time. You know. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. I, I, I get that whenever I see that, I was like, "Oh, I gotta ask Adam." I get all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we got. I got also. I got also uh, another guest in the show, which we're gonna keep on because we're gonna give him some some time. We, we cut him off right away because you guys called in. So like, bam, you guys were eager beavers. Right. So we're gonna include him in the conversation. So you guys continue. You know, we can. We, he's already been talking a bit. Um, but he was, but the funny thing is, okay, so with Rod, uh, he, him and his cousin back in 99, 2000 r- range, uh, basically 98 came out to Amsterdam, picked up some seeds, his cousin did, right? Or your, My brother. Oh, your brother did, yeah. sorry. And then, uh, I'll let you tell the story. Go ahead. Well, in 98, my brother went there for, uh, I guess it was for New Year's. Uh, it, it wasn't long after I think he was diagnosed with MS, and he ended up split up with his friends. 
So he ended up in your, in hem, in your store one day. Mm-hmm. And you guys kind of hit it off. He was, this is the second store after yeah, CIA. This is Hempworks. That. Right. This is so, after. So yeah, we so, opened that in 95. So you guys hit it off, and eventually he said, you said to him, all right, I'm going to take you downstairs or wherever you had your other space to try some different stuff. And you had some regular sage or the herb growing down there, and you had some plant trained along a big pipe. So I think you packed him everything, including the bubble gum. You went through a whole bunch of strains, but when he hit the sage, he just turned his head towards you, and you smiled, he said. <laughs> and uh, so that was that. Um, I had asked him to get me, like, DJ Short blueberry seeds. I wasn't that much in the know of what this is, And this is, that's get. when he was with Tony at the time, remember? So... Remember that gene, right, of course. He came back with those sage seeds and yeah. he said, all right, this is what you're starting. <laughs> so we waited a while because I was in Florida. Then I'm out here in, out here in uh, Colorado. We started them around 2000. And it it kind of started a lot of things. Uh, there was only four females, and we had a situation where we had to get out of a house really quickly. So there was one of the clones, and, you know, there was already some mothers that just, it stunk like sage, like I know sage does now, like as mm-hmm. a six inch seedling you know so i absconded just like you said when you sometimes uh your life's going bad and you don't know what's going to happen you have to figure out what you're going to save and lose and mm-hmm. the one thing i left that house with was the sage clone so it kind of spread around and i think it got to a lot of places and there's a lot of people i think who uh know th seeds from that particular clone even right and uh, so awesome. so later on not not very shortly after that there used to be this uh Warehouse in Boulder were a ton of glass blowers, blue glass, and there was always like a lot of people around there smoking and stuff. My cousin Mark and a person who's no longer with us, Robert Corbett, who was a glass blower in there, they were sitting in there smoking sage, and some guy rolled up from California, and um, the guy had a few different strains, and one of them was what he was calling L.A. Kush. So one thing led to the other, and the the sage got traded for the L.A. Kush slash O.G. Kush or What's mm-hmm. called OG Kush now, I don't even know what... When people ask me about that clone, mm-hmm. I don't know what to call it. I just say the no, it's, real it's, original it's OG. definitely original. Go, similar to the Ghost, yeah, but I think it's stronger. Yeah. In fact, everybody... We were talking about Green Crack before, but there's a lot of people who are who are who would beg me for a single nugget at the beginning of that OG Kush. Yeah. And there's even a place up in um, Port Collins where I live called Solace... Um, a dispensary that has their own OG, and I particularly like their OG, but almost everybody else in the world loves this Coal Creek. Yeah. And it even went a little further than that, because not too long after that, um, we were going to see, I believe it was going to see the meters at the Fox Theater, my cousin Mark and I, and uh, we forgot our tickets, and it was about 20 minutes from where we lived, and we had some really good Romulan cross nuggets in our pocket, and we're like, let's see if we could trade this to some kids. Let's see if we could find someone who will want just smell this and know how good it is and surely enough we found someone pretty quickly about five minutes after we were inside the um theater and this music had started those kids came running over to us oh my god what is that oh my gosh oh my gosh so my cousin became kind of a mentor to them and one of the people on that crew was jason from dark horse genetics so we gave them the um at that point they acquired the og from us and eventually that's what the bruce banner came from right and, uh, I mean, like you said, at the beginning you were just calling it OG, and then, coincidentally enough, we had another mutual person that we did, because I didn't, I never, and I hadn't met, never met your cousin before, but when I first came here, I was living uh, on Coal Creek, and that's uh, kind, of, kind of between Boulder and, and Denver. So I had my first spot there, and I was growing some, growing some weed, and I basically was going to enter the cup, and 
it was my very first harvest and I fucking just didn't get the whole drying thing here at all. Like it just tripped me out because I'm so used to like two weeks on the vine. But it's great here. Well, it is if you know what you're doing. But right. if like if you like all of a sudden my very first harvest and it was like two days later, I was like, oh my god! And I'm trying to rehydrate it, but it's throwing, still wet in the middle before thro- you know. You know, and I'm putting it back and I'm getting it kind of good, but still it was like kind of like the whole outside kind of broke off and just looked kind of beat everything up and now I was all bummed out and I was like this shit is never going to be ready in time now like it, it's like needs to be like re like it needs another week just to rehydrate properly because if you try to rush it you're going to get keep going and it keeps like slamming into the wall this way then slamming into the wall that way and then you're just like Ugh. but the nice thing about here is you have some control because the lack of humidity you can take it off the line and figure out when you're going to cure it oh, and yeah. stuff now like it's, that now it's okay in a sense it's just it, it's, it, now I just realized you have to uh, you have to um dry whole plant you can't fuck around with like trying to cut off bits you know what I mean? that, that's just, one of the big dry. things about dispensaries out here for sure they all just stack it into racks all, and if you're like, you, i'd rarely buy, I, I don't i rarely buy flour in dispensaries if ever but it's so dry it's all like crumbly and dry you know it's really hard for them to like even control that even if they want to do because they're opening yeah, they have jars. no texture just like you squeeze it and it crumbles yeah yeah and that's and, not that's like the opposite of what we want we want well, some yeah. integrity in there sure and the thing is the way i look at it too a lot of times with with it's a whole it's a whole art form, you know, properly curing and drying. It's a big part of what and, like and there's a lot good. of people who do things great all the way up to that point and yeah. then you wonder what happens. Absolutely ruin it. Yeah. Yep. Truly. What happens more times than not actually and then in Colorado it's even more in your face because of the fact that that, that like people uh, you know just are not they don't see the value anymore they're like well I'm getting 900 bucks who gives a fuck you know what I mean and then you're like oh now well, we're there where if you really take your time and put it in a sealed room that's really good with good because here it's all about just keeping um, trying to trying to bring the humidity up is important so you gotta put like a humidifier in the room which is weird and it makes your brain hurt but and I've, like, I've learned all kinds of reverse. crazy te- techniques yeah. for rehydrating stuff out here but in general if you can get a good sealed room and then you get enough material in that sealed room and keep it it's like yes. the size of the room is really important because if you have a really big ass room and you have a small amount of stuff in there it's gonna dry up real fast but mm-hmm. if you have a if you can pack it just enough that yeah. you, you'll kind of maintain itself so it sort of sweats a little bit. You know, it's the thing is, like, if you live in the right place, you can sometimes bring your weed up a notch or two. And if you live in the wrong place, you can bring it down, like, two <laughs> three notches, you know, pretty quick. And, and I think, this, so anyway, that first crop, I did that, and then I, like, reached out to JP, who lived up the street, who was another friend of your cousin's, and basically he had I that. know JP. Yeah, oh, yeah, you, you knew him first? You knew him first? We, who knew him first? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. We're all among the same crowd. Yeah, you guys, and you guys all recognize each other's skill, and I, and he, he was he was killing it, because he was like a proper, it was funny, too, because I just moved to Colorado, it was my first spot, and then he was like kind of like my closest neighbor, that if I had an issue, I could call him and ask him a question or whatever, and I was just trying to like, you know, learn. And so basically I called him up like, dude, I, I think I'm going to need a backup plan, because... This fruit is just like not happening right now. Like I was like, "Fuck!" And he's like, "Okay, well, I got you." You know, and he's real mellow, dude. Just like proper mountain man. You had to pre-order basically at that time. Cough was so hard to get if you didn't know someone uh-huh. that you had to say, "All right, I'm going to pre-order and pay it up front for like an ounce two weeks later." Yeah, before I got to know those people. And he was, and, he, and him and his wife are super cool, and they they basically had you know like you could just tell they put the right energy into everything and you go to their room and you'd be like okay it's small but it's super on point when this is you know and that's kind of what i wanted just like boutique nice quality so anyway went there and uh you know won the cup or like, second boy we got second place that year or something or did we sage or the og uh the cold creek i'm trying to think what we got if we got second place or something i think we got second place but anyway uh 
that so basically it was like oh shit you know now now we got to work with that one but it was great because it was a great OG to be starting with anyway this OG makes great crosses there's been so many accidental even crosses with that have turned out great yeah it's like it is it's like one of those real good to work with plants and so um, and actually impressively combined with some other things you got some huge plants like I got a guy on the east coast who uh, uh, just showed me some photos and I was like wow those are fucking amazing you know? and I was like what is that he goes oh it's from your Cold Creek Kush and I was like damn i mean i've never seen anything that big you know it's just like one of those deals where just they they just nailed it you know and i was like didn't even know it could produce that big a bud so i was like holy shit it's like not a lot of people have that and just like we might have talked about before so many good clones come and go in this state and uh people get bored of certain ones and i just happen to be one of the people who've like kept the ones i really liked or the special ones like that og and Mm -hmm. i'm not where i want to be breeding yet you know but i do have a flower of life genetics dot farm website so you could see kind of what i'm working on and and my goal like a lot of other people but my goal really is to preserve some of these old genetics and this sage this foco sage and the colorado cough they're they're good in almost every way i mean Mm -hmm. the sage is a giant yielder it's it's moderately easy to grow for something that takes that long Mm -hmm. um it's a People gave it a bad name out here by not doing well. And oh, I know. It's one of the, stuff. It's, it's any, I can't do it poorly. I have a hard time not doing it at least decent. It's, uh, yeah, well, the thing about sage in general is it is one of those, like, kind of like, uh, well, it's definitely, like, uh, heat. heat. It's got a little heat issue sometimes, and it grows quite vigorous. So if you're not on your, on your game, it'll get, like, the top will sort of change and, like, start to grow again like you'll literally get a whole arm growing off the top sometimes that's why oh shit i actually got that started really growing that sage right at the time when i was getting into screen of green and um and tying things over so with that plant you can tie that thing over and it'll just make so many secondaries you won't even believe it by the end the secondaries will be giant colas Mm -hmm. i mean i've seen people get pounds off that plant with other plants under the light like remember the old cali mist guys yeah that was that was a big yielder that was a That thing could go right. Like, I like plants when you. Suggestion for you guys. Tell me. That, um, like of um, Merle, if you if you got real bubble gum and um, real your one. other friend Adam is wanting to uh, preserve genetics, mm-hmm. you need to look at tissue culture, right? That you, if you learn about tissue culture, right, like the uh, old BG that's having a problem with tissue culture, you should be able to. Create a new bubble gum that's fresh. Right, put it right, through the produce paces. A, a leaf print. But with, right. with, with tissue and culture. As far as long term genetic, if you, with a freezer, you'll be able to keep uh, a tissue culture, right, for genetic samples to be able to bring them back. Yeah, well, first thing we're going to do is send it to Phylos and get it documented so we know where it sits in the so fucking when galaxy. You're, when you're in Colorado, there's these strains that you, you know some people still have some of these great strains. And I've talked to someone recently that I'm not, I didn't believe until you said that who says they have tissue cultures of the old NL5 from, like, 1996. I think I'll, take, I think I'll give them another call after you said that. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where it, it's, it's a lot of, it, it was really hard to, to do, and it's definitely like a lot of fucking hit but, and miss, but there is people, do, there are people, there, we have but, one listener I know that's the, definitely on point, and he's, uh, he's gotten to the point where it's like, okay. I, I, if you know, the strain is tired and older, just, you know, is worn down a little yeah. bit, when you do the tissue culture, we'll keep whatever virus or whatever's going on with it that does that, that's you, the thing. Usually, yeah, exactly, it scrubs it kind of clean, okay. and that's the idea, so you get like a, a, a reborn kind of 
virus-free version of what you had. Really? And I didn't know that. And that's kind of where most of the time it's just like, you know, it's gone from A to B to C to D and moved around and done this and, like, been next to this plant and that plant. And there's always, you know, going to be little dings along the way. And if, like, you can kind of bring it back. Here's a question. How, how does, what's the best way to go about learning about that stuff without getting a horticulture degree? <laughs> I mean, no. the hardest you, part. Adam, of, you remember we tried it. Yeah, but we were doing scrap aponics, Vic. Come on. You can't do scrap aponics. <laughs> no, but we bought, no I, we bought the, I bought that kit. It was like $2,000 with the glass slides and everything. I know. And we tried, Rod Clock was coming over, and we tried to give what we didn't like. But then, and then we, I think it was either Rob Clock or somebody else that talked to somebody who actually knew, like a professional, like a, a horticulture degree guy who had, tried and he wasn't having any luck with I any know. cannabis thing. Exactly. No, that's exactly what it was, is that we, we were like disheartened from it because of that because he was like, oh dude, you're never going to do it. Basically, it was like, okay, well, you know, once again, ahead yeah. of the curve. Ahead of the curve. Yeah, now you, the curve. Now you got, Monsanto, you got Monsanto in the game now, so like, you know. Everything's going to shit. The first I heard of CBD or actually gave it any consideration is after I had that Sage clone, I saw an ad you had for some seeds mm-hmm. that said it's low in CBD. Uh-huh. And so I assumed that I just, since I love the sage so much, that I must not like CBD. Right. Well, that turned out not to be true. Lately, I've been really digging on CBD. There's even a um, regular head shop, Kind Creations, that, that sells it for like di- distillate or isolate for like 25 bucks. And mm-hmm. I actually learned to enjoy some CBD. Um, I've played a bit of it. Mix it in wax. Mix it in with the dab. It definitely, like it that. definitely makes me sleepy. That's for sure. It does. Like I'll be like, I'll be like, wait a minute, what? how did I just See, pass out before twelve o'clock? That's like, how that's I weird. got. That's how I got lured into the pre ninety eight bubba, basically because I liked it so much. But every time I re- when I realized I liked it, I found out afterwards it was high in CBD and that stuff makes you i was more lazy on that stuff than anything else and it's the cbd it's not even that i didn't want to get up to go to the fridge i don't want to pick my hand up to grab my drink the first time i was smoking like uh, some some uh res live resin of that yeah cbd's weird it's like one of those things where the first time i smoked it was in spain like and uh it really kind of like made me like pass out while i was sitting there and everyone took photos of me and they were like yeah we're gonna make this the next high times cover I was like, great, you know, because I was just, I like literally passed out of my seat. Any so, uh, any other big plans for either of you two guys besides uh, Vic taking care of your kids and trying to fucking pay the bills or whatever, and uh, Gene just lounging on the beach? I guess anything, any any major. Uh, <laughs> Goals. Yeah. Well, next, like I said, my daughter's seven, so uh-huh. I think next year she'll be a bad enough to carry her own little backpack. So I might. Yeah, that'd be good. I like. That. I think that's I'm a good idea. Fun. I think that's a good idea. So Vic's yeah. going on his uh, world tour. Uh, world tour next year. Yeah, I invite so, all of you over. And Gene uh, and Gene's just going to be chilling, so we know where we'll find you. That's pretty good. <laughs> yes, uh, I plan on chilling. Nice. <laughs> So, uh, so Rod, then uh, I was gonna say, yeah, go ahead. Oh, so I was gonna repeat my website and stuff again, oh, yeah, if yeah. that's fine with you. Yeah, we got some so, if you want to check out, it's www.floweroflifegenetics.farm, and there's also a Facebook page which is more up to date, Flower of Life Genetics. Uh, there's some excellent pictures there where I've been working with this Florida Triangle, 
and I've back crossed it with an old uh, purple lightning um, and I finally like that <laughs> like my own this is the first strain I bred myself that I like better than the strain I bred it from that's a big achievement for me mm -hmm. so purple triangle is where we're going first but all these strains super silver haze foco sage um, the old cough and a whole bunch of other good stuff out here shram a lot if you look at the site you'll see all the clones I have I actually have more but just keep an eye out and sooner than later we should have some uh, excellent genetics available mm -hmm. And uh, um, you were saying like there's a bunch of people also maybe not calling it Focus Age because you weren't even calling it Focus Age, right? I mean, some just, people were. I mean, I just called. Was there, it, any, was there any other names thrown down? On Colorado it? Sage. I've heard Colorado Sage. Um, mm -hmm. I know there's that strain. Uh, there's a, there's a couple of crosses of it out here. Mm -hmm. There's that Bob. Have you ever heard of that Bob Saget? Yeah, the Bob Saget. Exactly. Like, that, that's true. That's one of the. Crosses. I actually smoked that and spotted the sage in it before I knew what it was. One of those weird things. Mm -hmm. It's just such a distinctive taste in there. But there's nothing – so one thing about the sage is if you pick it early – not early, but just in its early part of the window, it's much more fruity and kind of citrusy and kind of has a, a, a peachy flavor. I almost considered I've – I've thought about trying to breed a, preach, a peachy tasting strain out of it because it tastes peachy early. Mm -hmm. If you let it go longer, it tastes way more purple and indica, and it just piles on the resin. So I'm not just plugging this for for Adam. It's, it's really a strain that I've gotten – I've I've loved for you know close to twenty years. <laughs> That's always like the test of time too. Like if it's your go-to weed, it still does pretty well too. I mean, it hasn't degraded as much as almost anything else. Sometimes I, I have a theory about that with and with the cough too. I think sativas, since they come from uh, more tropical places and places where they might like an old where the base sativa might even be able to regenerate the next year. Mm -hmm. So I think that taking sativa clones sativas seem to last longer to me in clones than indigas and mm -hmm. indigas tend to like go into sometimes you might have them flower a little bit and veg and you know go back and forth more they get real they get real starchy or something too. yeah they get like real thick and not so fun yeah don't take good clones they do like for instance that um that romulan cross the reason we got rid of it is because uh it just falls apart. It's, it's kind of a nut it started integrity. turning more basic it just tasted like the old worn down williams wonder that was out here after a while right it also had that thing about being real woody too, right? Yeah. So, um, cool. And uh, and Gene, you got you got the Gene Jeans Dancing Machine at whatever dot com. Nothing, right? You're, you got no, you got no social. You got no. You're not. You're not on that social media bullshit, right? Um, no, I'm retired, right? I mean, uh, uh, like you're saying that. Uh, Bunk. But after, you know. Yeah. Cerebral seeds with Tony, serious yeah, seeds with Simon, right. then Soma for a few years, and then just working the circuit there for a while. You know, uh, oh, yeah. you, ne you never know when your final days. Remember Crazy White? He passed, mm -hmm. right? Oh, I mean, yeah. one day he's at my at, I, he was at my house the night he passed, right? Really? And you never know when your final days are. So are you going to work your life till mm -hmm. you till you die? Right, or are you going to try to enjoy it? And uh, oh yeah, if you can, if you can well, pull it off, then go for it. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. That's a good one. Because I mean, Amsterdam is definitely not the place to retire either. Like, we know how it is there. It's just a grind. It's a grind. And once you're there long enough, you're like, okay. Well, Victor was able to. Yeah. Victor was able to pay the key money, and then, like you're saying, you still have all these expenses. But that's what I was saying. That's what I was finding out that in Holland, 
it ain't freedom. That you can't buy your home. I was trying to buy a home, right? And um, well, people have to watch. That's what I'm saying. That uh, when it comes to money, it's the root of the evil. Oh and, yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, we need some. I just need you enough money I'll that I don't it. need money. I'll take some if you got any. I'm just, you know, I'll deal with your evilness. And well, I'll take all your evil for you and it's not that dispose it's not a tool of it to wisely. Used, but uh, of course, right when uh, uh, that's what I'm saying. When they're using it to make your work for them, it's nothing but slavery. Right. Right. It's pretty and, hard to break uh, into any kind of industry out here, no matter what your knowledge is, as well, far as like. What about cryptocurrency, right? Yep. I oh, mean, it's happened. I mean, that's it's why they're afraid me. of it, right? Well, now look at it. It's dropping like a fucking rock now today. It's like, Jesus Christ, it's down to eight grand or something like that. It's like, whoa, moving. Like, it was up to 19,000 Bitcoin like two weeks ago or a month ago or whatever. Now it's fucking down to. Were you talking about that for seeds in one of your previous episodes, maybe? Do it, what payment for seed? I mean, the thing is, it's, it's a great way to do seed sales, of course, if yeah. you can. I mean, it would have been, I mean, especially because a lot of people uh, are figuring out, like, oh, yeah, I used to take Bitcoin back in the day. And then they go and check their wallet and they're like, holy shit, I, that's worth like $2 million. People are having, especially like bigger brands and stuff, because they didn't really think about it and they just kind of did it back smartly when it was like, oh, yeah, one Bitcoin is 800 bucks. You know what I mean? And now it's fucking on the low end, 8,000. So cryptocurrency is crazy because it's changing the. The landscape, everybody. I think the government's got something to do with messing with everything. Because they're trying to control it, right? Yeah. But the the philosophy behind it, of course, right, is is that you'll be able to get out of the system, right? That right now, of course, everything is controlled by the system, right? It's a the capitalist system. system. How much the money? But the system's worth, supposed to be on paid, a gold standard. How, how, how much the, the the costs are, whereas with cryptocurrency, right, you would be able to. Well, you know the thing is right, about you would the, be able to exchange person to person. The thing about the whole cryptocurrency, which is interesting, is like uh, I mean, first of all, it's independent; it can't be hacked. You know what I mean? Technically, because it's a you know it's like just a moving, flowing thing that's always there, and if one piece gets attacked, it can just everyone can just separate from that one, and they'll know. And you won't, you know, maybe people are going to, a lot of people are going to lose their shit along the way because it's just, that's just the kind of people we are. Like, oh, I didn't realize that I have it in this, you know, people are losing all sorts of stuff. So there's going to be a shitload of them out there that are not going to be findable by the original owners, but they're theoretically out there still. You know what I mean? So it's one of those, it's going to be interesting seeing how technology keeps up with the whole thing. And as it splits, I mean, there's only a small, it's like literally a tiny amount when you start looking at like 21 million uh, coins, right? And think about how many people there are fighting over those coins. It's going to get down to the point where one coin is definitely going to be worth a shitload of money. Like, all of a sudden, it's going to be like, oh, shit, that, you have a whole coin? That's like a fucking couple hundred grand. You know what I mean? That's going to be normal because you're going to be like, yeah, there's only th- 21 million. Like, there's d- dudes out there it's that because have Because they have you all, they, they already have you trapped in the system, the money system. Well, and that's where, what, how, how, no matter what money it is, a euro, a dollar, a yen, a ruble, what does it still have behind it? A number. How is that number derived? And that's where they keep the secrets in the government, but right? It's, it's now... And when you realize how, how much time is worth, right, like we're saying that everybody does a certain amount of work, and how much you get in return for your work, right... How come some people can earn 10 times more than the average person, yet can they do 10 times the work? 
that when equality is brought to the economy, to the money system, right, the rich people, the very rich people, this 1% that they talk about, they're going to go away. And they don't want that to happen, right? They're very rich. They don't want to give up that money. That's how but capitalism how is that money works, generated? unfortunately. The money's generated through the workers. And cryptocurrency can be <laughs> part of your way to freedom once you understand how to derive <laughs> the fair numbering in the system. But they don't want people to know that, right? They just need dumb workers well, who you know, it's, are begging for jobs. Right? I mean, the thing that sucks is that we got, <laughs> we're, struggling, sucks, we're definitely getting the attention. We're struggling, right? Mm-hmm. And, and to make in the, basically the middle class, right? Most of it, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but are any of you guys making a million a year? Uh, no. Much less ten million a year. At least right? twenty. At least twenty. You're, you're all, look you're at me. All, look at me. You're all I only deal in billions. <laughs> billions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's well. The thing is, right now, if you look at it, it's like um, people are getting so. Uh, disconnected with cash and disconnected with money and sort of like everybody's got a Venmo and this and that and you, know, you get all these different accounts open and you're doing and it's all linked to your to your bank but it, it gets to, more and more risky the further you get away from gold and for, even when you go to Bitcoin that's one step further away from like a us being off the gold standard. I'm, well, yeah, but the gold standard's been a bunch of bullshit anyway, too. But there's it? just so, nothing, you know, it's hard to feel like there's something behind Bitcoin. You know? Well, I, I feel but, like right, there's... Bitcoin right now, it's who, it's who you can trust, right? And they, they still hold too many secrets. But once you understand the premises behind Bitcoin, it, it, it does have a foundation there for... A, What's an open? I mean, the cool part about Bitcoin is it's an open ledger, right? Where we know it's instead of us all relying on the bank to fucking tell us who did what, we got like, okay, it's right there. It's all open, you know. And you're contributing by mining or doing exactly. whatever you're doing, and everybody's kind of on the same tip. That's why I was saying earlier, it's like if one person gets knocked out, he may lose a bunch of Bitcoin, and something might go wrong. But it's not like your bank's going to get fucking raided and people are going to steal lights. Occasionally, if you keep your money off, you have to put your money into a fucking dongle and put it, take it off the fucking net and now it's in your hands, you know, just like yeah. cash. But you can't lose that and you can't make, make sure it stays up to date and if it's a fucking USB from 10 years ago, you know, that's how, that's the only biggest problem is that when, you have, when, it's, when it's hardware, it could be an issue on your fucking hardware fucks up and then you're pissed off at your hardware and if it's on the cloud or whatever, then you're kind of like okay I'm keeping all my money in some cloud <laughs> you know what I mean that's kind of sketchy too I'm guilty of both when you're talking <laughs> excuse me when, when you're talking about the monetary system and everything like that I mean you know that's why everything to the years is why it's based on gold and diamonds and all that stuff I mean those things those things are artificially kept at a certain price just so people can exchange you know without using Track currencies and stuff like that. I mean, they're falsely elevated to be worth something like you know. But I tried to live, you know, after I left Amsterdam, I, think I went up to the you know, North Maine. I lived off, I, I went into like this uh, natural grid, off the grid uh, life, and uh, built a place in Maine. Then I moved to Costa Rica and went into the jungle for almost you know, eight years, trying to live like. Outside of the money loop and everything like that, he tried you know, so like, hard to stay it, away from the money. I was in Costa Rica. Yeah, I remember you, know, you telling. I remember you telling me you used to come down and get just what you get: oil and coffee and sugar. Right? Where were you at, Vic? I was down there too. Well, 
Uh, yeah, I lived I lived up in the mountains, like like the beach town was called, the surf town was called Dominicana. Yeah, I was right above you in Haco Beach. Yeah, you got yeah. You, By Playa Hermosa. Let me just say, yeah, I, I was like I was in the mountains about you know, forty five minutes outside of, up in the mountains from Dominicana. Right you on. Know, yeah, it was you know cross back you know five seven months a year we could cross the river. Like with our, with our vehicles, but the other five months, like we had to like ride a horse for like three miles to get to the river, and then had to have a horse on the other okay. side of the river. We'd go to town, you know, once a month and buy. Basically, the only thing you'd carry because you had to carry it in on horseback. So it was like you got the rice. You you know, we brought in rice, salt, you know, cooking oil, and sugar. Basically, and everything else. Mm, sounds like, like a great diet. Rest of it, find, you got to find the rest of it. Kill monkeys for the rest, or what? <laughs> no, somebody, you know, we had, we buy, I'd buy piglets. Like, you could buy, like, baby piglets, like 15 bucks. I'd buy six of them, and somebody out there was going to, you know, raise eggs and everything. So you'd give, <clears throat> you'd give, give them six piglets. And uh, he'd raise them and everything, and then you'd, he'd give them, he'd cut them up, he'd cut them up, and you Dress him and everything, and give you like three back. You know, <coughs> him sick, you know. And then, you know, it took him to get from another person. And my place, my farm was it was hot of palm, and I had like that. Well, when I bought the place, I had like eight or ten acres, so I just used to let the locals there come and harvest it and sell it in the market, you know. And then they just give me a little percentage, or and then they give me, you know, such as somebody had avocado and somebody had. You know, and you just basically traded, but you know, I said, I'll tell you what, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's so hard. You know, what I mean, it's like, you know, it's just, well, you, you know, you're, you're, you're back it's, on the grid now. Money itself yeah. is not evil. You're back on the grid. It's it's the yeah. people behind right. it. With money two kids. itself is not evil. <laughs> two it's kids a, on the it's, grid. That's what you're like. That's where you're at now. You never would have thought, right, Rick? Two kids on the grid and we no, never know. You know, I live my life backwards. You know what I mean? It's like I traveled. I lived everywhere in the world, traveled, died in the world, thought of like crazy. And then at, I basically retired to Costa Rica at 51, and then all of a sudden, boom, I had kids. Boom. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that happened. I'm sure that. Did you have anything? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, we got another addition to Costa Rica story. I, I, well, I've been to Costa Rica um, after I graduated high school. Did some caught some marlin there. Did some good fishing. That was the main reason I was down there. But I was just going to say, uh, as far as what you're talking about um, about in, inequity, uh, I always figured I'd do well my whole life. I uh, I did well in high school. I did well in college, and I always wanted to do something that I could help people that I would enjoy and make a living. So when I got my job with the Miami Heat basketball team, I was able to do that. And I was able to uh, help people enjoy the games by being in charge of customer relations. And finally, I got burnt out on the corporate world, but I really had a great experience there. After that, I moved out here, and I volunteered at Humane Society, and I campaigned against urban sprawl and did some things that I thought were giving back after our campaign to build a new arena. And I started dabbling and breeding and growing. And as... I figured out, I, I, as a younger person, I was more into animals than plants, but I figured out very quickly a lot of people in my family, and I have a green thumb. So I started doing well, and I thought I was really making people happy because my stuff was really good, and everybody was really enjoying it and complimenting me on it. And now it's got to the point where I'm at a point in my life where I have a lot of skills, and uh, I really also would like to keep helping people and making can them you, feel better. Can you run a grow 
robot though. That's so, <laughs> that's gonna be the next thing. So now, like, exoskeleton robot. Yeah. Now I'm in that spot where I have a lot of skills, and skills. it's hard to catch on with anything as far as like uh, even the industry out here. Uh, n- not many people would believe me if I tried to explain them just my spot in the scene. Well, it's I mean, the thing is, it, it is like kind of like all the talent that's already been out there is the most burned out of all of them because they've watched like you know the bottom drop too many times and we don't have like the scale to be able to get, balance it out like if you just had like oh you can grow unlimited plants okay cool so then I'll just put like 200 more plants down and that'll make the deal but now it's like how the fuck are you going to make 12 plants be big enough or it was a slap yield on the enough wrist when and I came out here for grow for fast enough because then you can't flip them so now you're going to veg it for half the year you know what I mean <laughs> so you get one crop a year indoors you know right. just because you're trying to veg it so long or you have to like break it up and I don't know just it gets so complicated they're, they're trying to limit you and restrict you and so right, you have to come around with workarounds like you're saying 12 12 of what one place how many places I got to have then? In the dock? Right. I know. You're going to end up like, the, like back or in the day, Richter, with all the keys. How can, se- how can I subsection this one place and, and give it different addresses? Yeah. Right? Like, they're on, uh, they're on to you. How you rent out all yeah. of A and B. Victor's got that you, figured out, I'm you, sure. You know, sometimes you got to go with the flow with them a little bit, but... Uh, um, so that's the problem. Is everybody have we ever done that, Gene? Yeah, everybody tries to, like, figure it out. <laughs> and, that's, and that's the thing is that cannabis people kind of have similar thought patterns a lot of times. It's like, okay, well, how... They'll tell you the rules. You sort of think about it for about 30 seconds, and then you're like, all right, well, so they didn't really say if you do it like that, that really... Can, I mean, they didn't say how many... It's finding how many they, angles to They didn't the say wall. up. They didn't say if you could go up. You know what I mean? So Colorado was a great place at some point. You know, was, everything was a slap on the wrist. That's part of what you have to do, right? <laughs> so all these doctors are getting over selling these plant count licenses. Now. They are. But, yeah. but whatever, good for yeah. them. I mean, you know. What do you mean they're going to stop, you mean? Or? No, are they? That's what I'm saying. Yes. Since you're like 12 only, 12 and 6. It's yes. pretty much like, yeah, yeah they, they killed it, right? So. Then it doesn't matter. You can only have three and a half ounces of dried material. It used to so be. There's a, so many different rules. Yeah, well, it yeah. boils down to it boils down. You have to grow like one rule. gram plants is, or something like that. Like, yeah, yeah. I, it's like, if what? they want to get you, they're going to get you. The first license I got, you know? the doctor was charging about another 150 bucks for each, like, 10 more plants back when you're allowed to grow a ton like that. Yeah, now they have a plant calculator that yeah. they use for, I guess, how sick you are or something. I don't know. And meanwhile, like, my brother... But it he, only still maxes out at 12 or something stupid. Or does it no, get, my buddy just went and got a 45-plant count license, but that's really what I'm mean, saying. It doesn't, it really doesn't mean, mean anything, right? No, as of January 1st, I think it's pretty much like you're... You're better off to have 12 things and just keep it that way and kind of think creatively. And and, and there's a lot of municipalities that you're not allowed to use a high, like, HBS or, or sodium. Oh, that's, yeah, that's like El Paso County, I think, is like that. Or, uh, or, you have to watch out before you move somewhere if you're going to do something like that. Yeah, they had an sure. LED-only clause in their fucking There's quite bill. a few now that yeah. have them. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, luckily the LEDs, are, but it's legal. Luckily, yeah. LEDs. So are what they'll do in like some of these municipalities, I think that they'll do that. One of the places I heard, the fire department can come to your house if someone said that your house smells like something or whatever. They can come to your house, and they don't need a warrant, and they just come in and make sure your electrical is good and check on what lights you have. If you have the wrong lights, they tell you we need you to get rid of those and have the right lights by the time we come back in a week. 
and you know they're not supposed to do anything with like law enforcement. They're, it's more of like a code violation right. for the city. You know, That's, imagine owning the LED shop in the town. You're like, yeah, LEDs. Well, you come and get dollars a piece. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's no, another no, thing no that we could have all gotten into earlier. Is just grocery stores. You know, like if I had well, those are dead that. too. Now that's the problem. Like grocery stores are like hurting because now everybody Bad. just orders online because yep. everybody's like, fuck, just God, like I don't want to get else. everybody goes to Amazon. You get everything yeah. on Amazon. Everybody's grocery store is terrible, man. My buddy owns Grow Your Own in Denver. Pueblo, uh-huh. get like a ten thousand dollar rosin. Unless you got something, unless you got something that they just. I mean, the only thing was soil and stuff. Obviously, they're gonna come get it off you. So basically, come and get your soil, and then they order That's all their it. newts off the line, and then they get it like for like maybe a buck cheaper than they would off of you. But you would have gave them a discount anyway. And I mean, it's just yeah, like it's, they don't want to deal. It's with really it. hurting them, man. It oh, really yeah. is. Yeah, I don't think grocery shops have much future as. As a shop with everything, it's more like just pick your fucking deal and do it all online. You know what I mean? He stocks a hell of a lot of soils. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? You know what? Which way the force with all these different train cars, basically, it comes down to one point when you talk about like now you got to, like Gene was saying, all different rooms, you got to have a different 12 here and 12 there and 12 there. And then now you're involved in other people. You know? And it's like, it doesn't matter. It's like basically boils down to this. You know? Even with 12 points, you can like bed in two months, you know, just going home from home. And that reminds me, I, I started doing air cloning again. You know, like clone right up the mother plant. Uh-huh. So that way, like, they had judging. So I take 12 by mother plant and I do the air cloning. Sure. I clone right in the mother plant. So the first two, I got two extra weeks there. You know what I mean? So the weeks pass out and then I just cut them right off the mother plant, but they're not plants until they're. Yeah, they're already a good foot tall and well rooted, you know, before I count them like the machine. So then I can budge them up in two months that my flower room's going and they're huge. You oh, know, right. and you I mean, just like it's like a dance now you have to do. So it. like yeah, there's been but, times I just decided to grow like sage, super silver, and cough because they yield and they're really good. And then all of a sudden, everybody wants indica or OG and oh, yeah. whatever. Well, whatever you whatever you don't have, they want. Obviously, that, that's that's the yeah. fucking rule of thumb right there. Like, sure. hey, if you got the thing, yeah, I, but, we got that thing you had that one time yeah. that you don't have. You're like, no, and they're like, oh, that's all I came for. I really wanted that, man. Knock you down a little bit. Knock you down a few pegs. Um, so I think we're down on our last like seven minutes, right, or something like that. Or, did we start on time at the three thirty mark? Fifteen minutes away from three hours. Okay, so we still got a little bit, tiny bit of time left. All right, so uh, greenhouses. What's that now? Are you running any? Aren't you running any greenhouses out there? Um, allowing you to do greenhouses? Oh, yeah, there's plenty of greenhouse operations going on here. It's, I mean, that's the thing. is, it, it's, it's, That's the other reason why I was well, great. You're talking 12 plants. So I'm, I mean, oh, I'm not yeah, no. up on the laws or anything. Well, that's for, home, not, that's like, for home grows. That's for home grows and the medical situation. Because before the medical, you could you know get up to like you know 99 and be kind of comfortable. And even more if you had enough plant count. And people were kind of you know obviously going to push the limits if they can. And then now they just did a full blanket across the state, kind of like this is the new rules. And it's like, ooh, 12 plants, doesn't matter how big your property is. You know, it's like you can have 100 acres and they'll be like, man, eh, it's 12 plants. And they're like, fuck. It's like, I saw a business that might work well and, you know, they have them in other places. And I, I, I'm well, not- they're trying to force you into paying the business tax right oh it's always the tax okay. but you, you could kind of be there's there's right. a couple of places that are clone stores here that are completely out of the system you don't have to be badged i don't know how it works with them getting their numbers but uh 
they have hundreds and hundreds of just veg plants, and you go buy clones for like thirty bucks. All russet might infest. Yeah, all or, you know, but but for the average person who doesn't know, they right. go buy those and grow it one time, and right. that's that. And then burn the house down. Like, ah, or, russet mites. Or they don't grow long enough to. What's like, wrong with my plant? That's not going to. The other guys are call you up and go, "What's wrong with my plant?" You're like, "Oh my god, let me give me." Russet mites. The, the leaves are top that's going. <laughs> yeah, you're in trouble. It's the first thing I look that's at. That's what's with. happening here. That's what's happening here. The towns are making the rules. So everybody who can make rules is going to make rules. So the states are making their own rules. Then all of a sudden, now the towns are making their own rules. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the building inspector making his own rules. The electrical inspector, the fire department's making their own rules. It's like they just, and yeah, they just always one step ahead of you. They basically boils down. If they want to get you, they're going to get you. I think only yeah. like half. I think only half the uh, the um, counties in Colorado actually have dispensaries or, or have like are liberal with their laws that way. Like you know, we're used to it on all these towns on the Front Range and around the ski towns and stuff. But uh, there's a lot of places in Colorado where they don't have dispensaries and are very intolerant, more than you would think. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, it's like, well, it's a quite Republican state. That's the thing is Colorado is like weird because it's always had a good kind of weed vibe going on, but it's also been very... Uh, well, Eastern Colorado is like Kansas pretty much to yeah. me. Like driving through it, I always feel like this is Colorado until you start getting to the front range. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of farming. And, and then, you know, you know Boulder's its own animal, and then Denver is kind of like gone through a lot of changes and think over the since years. Since I've been out here, wow. And then... Uh, We'll start going to some of these other towns. You're like, uh, you start seeing people with Trump things in their front lawn. You're like, oh, and then down south it's gnarly. Yeah, you're like, oh my god, are these people? What's wrong with them? You know what I mean? Like, oh, and then you see big trucks driving by with flags and <laughs> blowing see, coal on people. You're like, all right, I guess we're in that neighborhood now. You know, I like my little town, Fort Collins, up there because it's a college town. It's sure. always going to be some more liberal in this there and. Uh, People are just pretty nice there, and right, and they're not bolder, so they got that. They, yeah, they don't have that chip. Like it gets rated <laughs> like the top ten towns to live in almost every year. But Boulder, I couldn't. Li- I could not imagine like living there. It's like we well, have giant, to be rich. It, it's it's a it has giant city traffic in a, like a moderately small town. I mean. I don't even like driving through there usually. Like if I'm going up it, that canyon, it's I an take interesting place because it's one of those things where you, you know you always have an image in your mind of a spot, and then you get there, and it's like kind of thought it was kind of similar in a tiny way that I thought, but totally like way more car, car orientated. You know, it's like Aspen like, Light, and and a lot of the people, everybody there thinks they're some type of philanthropist. You know, or everybody there thinks they're like. God's gift to like oh, it's everybody. Man. It is literally the South Park episode of them. Yeah, it really flags. is. It's, yes. it's that. It's that. It's that inspiration. Yeah, that's one cool part about living in Colorado. Though, so it's like you get all the when you watch South Park, you're like, oh, so that's why they called it Mackie, and that's mm-hmm. you know, like you know the little you start to see the names everywhere, and you're like. Like, I was, like, two blocks from Casa Bonita when I first got here, and I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is real? Hey, I'm, living, I'm living in an episode of The Family Guy. Oh, yeah, you're totally in Family Oh, yeah, exactly. That was my whole thing. I, I kind of grew up in Rhode Island for Family Guy, and then I was, you know, then my mom's from fucking Springfield, so I'm like, oh, well, there we go. Got another one. Another one done. When I first got to Colorado, I kind of made it out here. I had a friend I grew up with whose brother um, had a place in Colorado Springs, so... Uh, I ended up uh, going to see, it was for the dead, whatever it was called, I guess further in 1999 for the dead stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I stayed at Chief Hosa, and I, this is the thing, I had brought Skunk One with me, some really, really, really like 
just what you know is the best real skunk one. Mm-hmm. And I had it turned to dust because of how dry it was out here. I mean, I had it in like some cheap Tupperware and I was trying to... So I get to the chief host of the campsite. A friend of mine, a friend of a friend brings me there. And I just start walking around, everybody's smoking. And all of a sudden I'm in a crowd of people that no one knows each other. And everybody's like, oh, when's your crop ready? Oh, I'm doing blueberry. I got... Oh, you should see my crop. Let's exchange numbers. There's like 10 people there talking about growing I've never met before. I'm like, whoa... Well, this place is a little different, I think, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, it, in most other places, no one would even mention, like, down in Florida, if you know anybody, yeah. they're so far down the line, you know. Yeah, or you definitely didn't say your no one was talks going on about or anything. anything. Yeah, like, it was like, you, nope, you didn't say anything. You don't want to know, too. Well, and now everybody wants to know. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody's like, wait a minute, I've been doing this fast forever. Well, that's part of the whole fun part about this whole industry is, like, it is... Uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of noobs coming in, and then the tried and true sort of always, you know, win out. That's why it's, it's nice to be reunited with the bubblegum, because now I know I can get get back to things that I've forgotten about, you know, flavor, little, those little nuances. You I'll know? be looking forward to trying some of that. 100%. And I'm definitely going to back it up, so <laughs> that's one of those deals, you know. Yes, please back it up. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think... We land, we land to like that. <laughs> we're gonna make sure Vic gets a yeah, coffee. Yeah, we gotta get something to Vic. Yeah, we're gonna make sure Victor gets a coffee. I don't know about Gene. Yeah, yeah. Gene might be a little more difficult, but you never know. You never know. Um, it was cool to get you guys on the phone. Yeah, it's good to hear from you, Vic. I'm glad I could uh, have you guys. Yeah, yeah, no. I'll uh, get. We'll, I'll call out later. We'll exchange numbers. I want to talk to Gene. Like, uh, I could get I'll leave all the information. We'll, we'll, uh, right after the show, we'll, uh, we'll do that. We'll get you the info and then, uh, yeah, give them my number. You guys yeah. can reminisce about I've the really times. enjoyed the stories. I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed the stories today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a million more, right? We could be talking about the, the medicated donut night. We could be talking. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of old ones there. Um, when Victor was hanging from the bridge at the Milky Way, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't remember that one. <laughs> See, there you go. Now that's good, good enough reason right there to call each other. Um, so cool. I'm going to have <laughs> yeah, you. Yes, yeah, for sure. I'm going to uh, have you guys jump off while we close up the show, and then uh, give you the final goodbyes to the audience, and we'll get you on. I mean, Victor, we've had on before. We'll, you know, he's got to get him a few times because there's so much info coming out, and he, he you know, it's coming out, and as he's remembering it, like, holy shit! Think about the bridge. Yeah, 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 yeah. Think about the bridge. Yeah, I can't uh, draw a blank. Uh, draw uh, a blank on the bridge. Like until until the will said, until you were telling me the story, and all of a sudden, Sunita said the word silver mini. Like, holy Jesus, it was like sparks went off in my head. <laughs> I, was, I remember the black. We had a couple of black ones, and I always picture like the black ones because when we had Lennox Lewis driving him around town and in yeah. Cypress Hill and yeah, and those guys, they were all the black. I, 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 I the station wagon. Me. I'd forgotten all yeah, the Yeah, it was just beat up more and stuff, and yeah. dragged, dragging. Then I started just think. I never thought of it as car wise before. So I always remember things by like songs, like what song I was playing or what car I was driving. So then all of a sudden, I never thought about the days back then, like. Cars, and ever since I started remembering, like your old station wagon, and then I had like, uh-huh, the, 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 
I had Gig sticks right away. That's when Arian had to have a panda. Remember that? Yeah. Everybody had to have the panda, the Fiat yeah. panda. Yeah, that was Arian's big thing, the Fiat panda. Remember that? That was like, what? No, that's the worst car ever. Ever, right? It was like, it was like the Yugo of fucking, you know. But all his little crew. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Um, well, cool. And then. Uh, I remember that one also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll call you back then after you close up the show to give you yeah, my. 830. My 830. I just want to get the kids again. All right. Talk to you guys soon. Have a good Thanks. night, you guys. Thanks, man. Peace. Yeah, I'll talk to I'll talk to Will and Gene. Yes. All right. All right. <laughs> there you go. See, it all it all came together. Um, yeah, it was one of those. Uh, we we definitely and of course my other my other Hazel didn't even show up. Of course, what the hell, Hazel? She, well, there's some good stuff. She said she's coming with six people to the party though, so that's all right. That, that's fine. Made it up for it. Um, uh, yeah. So it all all pieced together. We got to kind of hang out. We got to kind of give you some stories, but I mean, sure, there's the we can you can imagine, uh, you know, in the next ten years from now, someone will be bringing you back your sage, and you'll be like, man, I was, it's, it's a never-ending cycle. Yes. So I'm going to back that up. Uh, maybe we can exchange. I, I'll give you a, I'll give you a bubble gum. You give me one. Yeah, we'll talk. Gum. We'll exchange. We'll, we'll back each go. other. We'll back good. each other up on that one. Good. So uh, yeah, it's good. Good to get those cornerstone strings uh, in place. You know. Um, well, thank everybody for listening for three hours, as always. Uh, Spring Hill Jack, I know he's been listening the whole time. Nope. Front to back. Nope. Documented. Shout out to my guys, Mellow Feller Farms and Burp and Turpins. Nice ones. Where are they based? Here? There? Yeah, yeah. down south. Down south? Okay, cool. And uh, how long have you been in Pueblo? Uh, a year and a half now. Oh, okay, two, so not so years. long. Yeah. Not so long. See, now it's all coming back. See, the funny thing is, like you said, we, like... You know how it is, like, the thing that doesn't change is, like, the eyes and the gate. And I'm, like, I'm looking over, and I'm, like, oh, yeah, now I totally remember. Because, you know, like I said, you, you were way more just, like, boom, boom, boom at the time. Yeah, I was totally hustling. Oh, hustling hard. hard. Yeah, yeah. You were, like, like before these kids were out. Like, now the, the new the new Wooks didn't even know. Like, you were, nah. like, originating Wook back in the day. Yeah. Hard, like, already. <laughs> I'm telling you, for sure. Like, he was, like, he came into town, like, full Wook in mode, like, before anybody even knew what a Wook was. And I was like, damn, this guy's like, and it was just like, hit the ground running. Yeah. And then got mom, got all sorts. Yeah, that's, yeah, how, that's how I. We were having Luke come. Yeah. We were, ex- <laughs> exactly. That's how I was like, wait a minute, that's the guy that I was wondering about. And then all of a sudden I was like, there you go. See? So that was a little bit of a realization, which is always fun. Sure. Um, so, yeah. a little shout out to my yeah. cousin who wasn't able to make it today, yes. Mark, my, par- my partner in crime. And he had to move and or something. Yeah, he had to get out of a place. And I, uh, I'm. And a shout out to my brother who uh, originally met you, and we got these. Why this Foco Sage is even around, and uh, just a little shout out to Kind Creations, the head shop in my town that blows some good glass and hooks me up. Of course, Um, and uh, yeah, tell them to. So now it's first Friday, so I got a little party going upstairs. So anybody like that, if you uh, get them in touch with me, because I will start to do some glass shows here again soon. I got some. I got Ewok in the house right now. I just rolled okay. in. So um, always having glass at these first Fridays. So if, we can, maybe if you guys want to come in one, one month and uh, throw down, that'd be good. Um, thank KTI for coming through, being Ooh. Johnny on the spot, making it happen. And obviously MTI for all the tech. They got two, they got two things open, pictures, flip-flopping, keeping oh, yeah. the sound sort of good even here, even though we're all over the place. Uh yeah, see you guys next week. I don't know, what, we got something crazy going on or what? 
Oh, there's always crazy stuff going on. Look at this for, show. I mean, this this show is wild. For any of my old Miami Heat employee friends who see me on here, yeah. I'm out of the closet as far as... Oh, <laughs> oh shit, we broke him oh. out. Broke, he broke. All right, well, that's awesome. They, are they still working? A lot of the guys still work there? Quite a few. I, you know, there's lifers. been a lot of turnover. Lifers. But yeah. I have friends who work for all other team, all kinds of other teams, too, at well, this point. There you go. At least you got you got to stay in on the loop there for those kind of things. It's like being in, in the... In, music industry too like you certain point you pay your dues and then you just have to kind of like keep make sure you keep because you don't want to get too far, far out of the my ex assistant what do you mean he doesn't work here anymore You're like ah my ex assistant yeah. at the heat was is the vp of ticketing for, for american airlines oh, arena right now right. and i didn't even hit her up all the years they had lebron like pretty much probably could have gotten whatever ticket i wanted during that time i've sure. never hit her up but i will if there's ever something well, I make really sure she understands that you have so much credit you don't even have to she at this knows. point you don't have to even ask you'd be like she i need knows. you have to be like victor like me plus 12 that's what you need i recently because <laughs> i remember that totally i remember that moment where they were like no way and that like, was like the scatolites too when we went to yeah, the scatolites that's, with his, him. that's his homies that's his homies yeah that was his homies. All right, guys. Uh, see you guys next week. And a guaranteed humongous crazy show that nope. KTI is going to figure it out oh, this week. I don't know. Figure it out. Peace. Peace. Practically every one of the top 40 records being played on every radio station in the United States is a communication to the children to take a trip, to cop out, to groove. The psychedelic jackets on the record albums have their own we don't want you to smoke genetically modified ganja. We want you to smoke the real thing. Want you to smoke the natural herb. Some call it marijuana. Some call it sensimedia. Some call it lamb's bread. And some people call it.